Jake the Snake Roberts, the match is at hand. Well, well, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Here we are at WrestleMania, and it's the biggest match of your career. Why? Because everything you stand for is on the line, namely the million-dollar belt. Oh, yeah. It can be yours once again. You see, all you have to do to get it back is go through Damien and me. But you see, Damien and I don't forget. We remember all the times you made people grovel for your money. These were people far less fortunate than you. People who could use your money for essentials. And what did you do? You made fun of them. You humbled them. And you humiliated them. Well, now it's my turn. I'm going to make you beg, DiBiase. You are going to get down on your hands and knees. This time, you'll be the one that's humbled. This time, you'll be the one that's humiliated. And this time, you will be the one that grovels for the money. And how appropriate <laughs> that the money you grovel for is your very own. A victim of your own greed, wallowing in the muck of avarice. Longfellow couldn't have said it better. Well, it's WrestleMania 6, folks. Welcome to episode number 132 of the Wrestle Hut Pisscast. Multiple award winning. We are back, and we are here to talk about what might be the re- the best WrestleMania this side of WrestleMania 4, or something like that. Uh, my name is Strenuous Man Flurry, and I welcome you here to our wonderful, sprawling program, and I am joined, as always, by my usual co-host, Cramine. How are you today, sir? Uh, I am well. Did you know that 132 divided by 6 is 22. Another famous number in Piscast lore. What what uh, what is significant Sid's about uh, fucking, those numbers? Sid's but well 132 is the episode of the Piscast. Uh-huh. Right? Yes it six, is. 6 6 is the WrestleMania that we are reviewing. Mhm. And 22 is where Sid Vicious, the parking spot where Sid Vicious found his smushed-up car on that one episode of either Nitro or Thunder. Oh, my God. Goldberg! 22! Why me? (laughs) 22! Uh, Do you know know what Sid is for me in the the history of pro wrestling? Hit me. What is it? Sid is probably the most enjoyable bad wrestler I can ever think of. Um, Um... Oh, God, because, like, you got to think, like, oh, but, like, Hogan, because he's, like, Hogan matches can be entertaining, you know, um, but, yeah, he's so watchable, is Psycho Sid. I love him. His promos are, people go crazy for Warrior promos, but they're terrible, of course. Um, Warrior is awful, but every Sid promo I have ever heard, all of his Millennium Man shit, the Shake All Over promo. Yes. You have, you have, you have, I'm twice the man you are, and I have half the brain that you do. He is so watchable and enjoyable, and it's, it's just great every time. There's a promo on WCW at one point when he's like, like building to the feud with Chris Benoit, I think, where they, where Benoit wins the title before Benoit just leaves, where he just comes out and the first words out of his mouth into the microphone are, I love just heels making noises. He's just the like, best. Just like, I'm evil, and here's the noise that I make. 
Sid's famous noise. Oh my god. But Sid is not on this show, regrettably. WrestleMania he is 6 not. He is not. Is, you, know, you talk about WrestleManias being too long these days, and they are. This show was only three and a half hours long. And it had 14 matches, I believe, yeah. on the fucking show. It had an intermission. It had Big promos show. between every match. It had comedy and gimmicks and sit-down interviews with gossip columnists who are apparently very well-known that I'd never heard of. This show had so much shit. It had multiple animals on the show. <laughs> It had yep. managers getting bumped. It had uh, an intergender match or a mixed tag match, I guess. Women and men can't fight each other, even though they did the whole match. This was a fucking doozy. And, of course, WrestleMania VI was the ultimate challenge, Hulk Hogan versus the ultimate warrior. Um, but, my God almighty, this show was enormous. Yep. And so were lots of the wrestlers on, on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this show trended big. <laughs> this is where the big boys play. Look at the adjective play. Um, <laughs> this is a great one. Yeah, I'm yeah no, to... I've seen it said. I've seen it said that like each WrestleMania is like a, an encapsulation of the previous year, right? So WrestleMania six would, in theory, be like here's what WWF more or less looked like in 1989. Mm-hmm. Not far off, I would say. Yeah. Um, and there's some fucking wi- they throw some fucking wild pitches on this one. <laughs> there's they go for it on this show. They really fucking do. Oh boy! Now, last week on the Pisscast, we reviewed uh, the main event three, which was an NBC special airing, airing live on NBC, hyping this up like a supercharged Saturday night's main event, where you know the two matches were uh, Hulk sort of, Hogan sort of sort of truncated. Yeah, exactly. Just to build yeah. hype. And a month later, basically, on April Fool's Day, 1990, April 1st, 1990, uh, in Toronto at the Sky Dome, um, WWF broke, pretended to break, an attendance record, gave a gimmick oh. number. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there is like a narrative through line of WWE attendance numbers. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. I can't wait to talk about this. But this show is, frankly, this is all we're pr- going to talk about. There's going to be no MV- uh, or There is going to be MVP, actually. There will be a most virtual player, actually. So here's what we're doing. Here's, let me, uh, if, I, if I may, just lay it out here. By all means. So basically what we're doing is, oh, we were kind of like uh, shooting the shit about, like, oh, we should come up with, like, categories for this show, right? Like, golden hammers or whatever you want to call them for best this, worst that, right? Um, and... So I came up with MVP, right? Most Virgil player. That's right. Um, And do you want to kind of go over what that means, or should I, or what do you think? Well, yeah, let's try to recall from the, uh, before we took that, you know, long three-week break uh, of the piss cast between episodes, I don't know, 127 and 128 or whatever. Um, We used to do the most Virgil player to indicate the wrestler who most embodied, like, the kayfabe um, contributions of Virgil, which was to exist to be hyped up as like a bodyguard or like someone bad, and then to just get beaten up. You're a dork. You exist to get the shit kicked out of you. You do almost every appearance, and you never help. And that's sort of Virgil. But not on this show is that Virgil. Virgil is, in fact, the key to victory, and well, he saves the money. 
Well, right. And see, I always conceptualized most Virgil player as just shitty wrestler because Virgil was a very <laughs> bad wrestler. He sure was. But we'll talk about it. We'll we'll. So, okay, so those are our categories, right? Most Virgil player, and we'll kind of discuss what that is when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, and the only other category we have so far on our docket is most racist. Now, you might think, how close a category could that be? It's <laughs> There are so many contenders for the most egregious fucking racist, asinine fucking nightmare <laughs> bullshit on this show, you guys. It's horrible. It is horrible. Yeah, we're going to try to call them out oh, as we boy. see them as we go. And we're also going to try to um, call out like other possible contenders for, for, for things we'll make up along the way. We decided, we decided to minimize pre-production responsibilities, and we're just going to come up with categories as we go. Exactly. So we're just, we're just fucking around here. So let's uh, buckle up and, and have a great time here reviewing 1990's finest pay-per-view, WrestleMania VI, The Ultimate <laughs> Challenge. There is no way that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a flawless it was, production. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, uh, no, it was not. No, it was not. And I am very excited to talk about the production flaws on this show. Well, let's, oh my let's God. go ahead and get let's there. Let's so. fucking go. Okay. So, just, WrestleMania the, 6. Yeah, I'll set the stage yeah. just real quick, because before the show actually starts, like, what leads into it the, <laughs> is a wacky Vince promo. Upon examination of the cosmos, <laughs> strange shapes appear. God. Yeah, no, you remember it better than I do. Uh, yeah, so it shows, like, the constellations, right? And it's like, I don't know, astronomy or astrology, so whatever. And then it's just like, but the most powerful of these two forces, Hulk Hogan, and it's a fucking constellation of the Hulk Hogan pose, and the Ultimate Warrior, and it's a constellation of the fucking Ultimate Warrior. They're gonna fucking collide, the two most powerful forces. And I'm like, yeah, they are. Fucking cool, let's go. And it plays the fucking 90s WrestleMania fucking music. And I'm like, yes, it's fucking, it's fucking WrestleMania. Let's go. And they are, in fact, in the Sky Dome, and it's close to a sellout or maybe and, even a sellout. And if you don't know that they're in the Sky Dome, Hulk Hogan will be happy to remind you six times in his promo, at least. He says the word Sky Dome like a hundred times. It's ridiculous. So they, they open up and Gorilla oh. Monsoon is on commentary with Jesse Ventura. So Shivani has gone. Like we reviewed uh, the Saturday Night's... Mi no, was it Saturday Night's... Uh, the Rumble. 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 The Rumble. That was his swan song. The Garvin, the Garvin match. Uh, he might have done a couple shows after that because he's on... I remember hearing him on commentary on like other footage right from the warrior hogan stuff maybe i don't know whatever yeah he, during the he's rumble not on hogan warrior yeah he's not on this show but he's on flashbacks exactly and obviously vince does production and you know make sure shit goes down right at mania backstage so he's not on commentary yeah. so it's gorilla that's the only other commentator they got I don't think they have another play-by-play -play guy, do they? Well, I mean, they would throw out, like, Lord Alfred Hayes or Sean Mooney or oh, some shit. shit. Yeah. Sean Mooney, I bet, would be fine. Maybe? I, like, he's I fine like, as a I backstage like, guy. I love Sean Mooney. I think Sean Mooney's great. Very underrated as a backstage yeah, guy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He's no mean gene, but who the fuck is? No. Um, so Robert Goulet is there to say <laughs> no Canada. 
right? At the very, very beginning. Yep. And, uh, you know, after that, right, they're Jesse and, and uh, Gorilla do their introductions. And as the first match is coming to the ring, Jesse says, uh, you know, Robert Goulet was kind of reminding me of Axl Rose. And Gorilla has no idea who that is. That <laughs> <laughs> was terrific. Can I just say, I have never actually heard Robert Goulet sing anything. Oh, you've, you've only ever heard the Will Ferrell I have only ever heard the Will Ferrell, especially like Red Ships of Spain, which is probably my favorite SNL sketch ever. That is, here are the two things. Red Ships of Spain. Here, here are the two things that I think of when I think of Robert Goulet. One is uh, uh, O Canada at WrestleMania 6. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, Will Ferrell as Robert Goulet singing the Thong song on SNL. Because <laughs> he just, like, I'm not saying I condone this, but there's an there's there's a bad word in that song. Oh, is there? Uh, yeah, and Will Ferrell just just goes for it. Oh no, it's it's tough. It's tough, but that's what I think of when I think of Robert Goulet. Well, Robert Robert Goulet did a great job doing the anthem here and did not yeah. drop any racial slurs. So good on him. Yeah, good job, good job, Robert Goulet. Um, hell of a voice on that one. Well, yeah, professional singer. And then speaking of hell Axel of a voice. Rose, same thing. Also a hell of a voice. And uh, going in on Steve Mnuchin on Twitter recently, hell apparently, yes. which is fucking cool as hell. So, Because Axel Rose, you would think, might kind of be like a fucking like dirtbag, and maybe he is, but at least he just isn't fucking with Steve Mnuchin, so that's good. He went after him. Yeah. So good on him for that. Yeah, and for November Rain. That's just a banger. That's just a really good song. But also a great singer in his own right, Coco Beware. Coco Ware. Pile yes. Driver. Yes. Uh, what, what, was the, what was the WWF? Was it called Pile Driver? What was the album? Yeah, there was, well, so there was the wrestling album. Mm-hmm. And then I believe there was Pile Driver, the wrestling album, too. You are correct, my goodness. Um. Coco Beware the, did, in fact, perform the title track in Pile Driver, the wrestling album, too. He performed yep. Pile Driver. Yep, yep. And there was, like, Mean Gene singing Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Tales from the video store, folks. My video store had Pile Driver, and I remember watching it. The video of, like, all the music, the WWF, like, music video guys. Um, I forget what else is on there, but yeah, it's a doozy. They, Stand they Back have... isn't on there, is it? It is. Stand it is. Stand Back is amazing. Stand, if you've ever just wanted to watch Vince McMahon work his way through his daddy issues, like watch Stand Back. It's incredible. Which one was oh better, Pile Driver or the original, the wrestling album? Well, the wrestling album has the wrestling album is funny because it has like Vince and Jesse and Mean Gene doing like commentary in between no shit the songs yeah a little bit here and there um i don't know they're both really cheesy i would probably go with the wrestling album yeah that has that is uh, gene doing uh tutti frutti does pile driver have jive soul bro yes it does big problematic on that one look up the video for that one i have very vivid memories of how off it's really bad um, but not really bad was Coco Beware versus the model Rick Martel, quite frankly. Yeah, so this model gimmick was probably fairly... This was certainly his first WrestleMania with the I model would imagine. gimmick. Yeah, because yeah, he was teaming with uh, D- 
Tito Santana at the previous year's event. Um, that model gimmick is a fucking terrific gimmick. I love it. And 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 Rick Martel just is all in on it. I love it. Yeah. Apparently, he debuted it around the Survivor Series in '89. Cool. Yeah. So, sounds right. Yeah. He did. So he had only been doing the gimmick for just a little bit. And he has his he has his cologne. He has arrogance, and he's spraying it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, um, and I, I have to say, they have to bring back the entrance trains. This is I my got, favorite got, thing in history. I got big thoughts on those. Please. Or do you um, want to save them? I, I just, I think they're great. I think there are times when it makes the characters look fucking enormous. Yes. Like absolute titans. But it was... Also, you'll notice the two guys in the main event didn't use them, so how useful are they? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. I love them. I'm I love in them. love with them. <laughs> but they're also kind of corny. Yeah. So you couldn't could... like you couldn't do them in 2020. You you, you, know? you could and you should, and even if everyone else laughs, I will be happy. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair no. Enough. But but for, for people who don't know what we're talking about, if you ever watch the old old WrestleManias, they come in on it's like almost like a little car, or like tra- it's like a imagine. It's like- basically, it's basically a golf cart pushing a, a I don't know a, a dolly or a, a small cart, you know, like yeah. a like you would hitch to a truck, right? You know, um, with but with like a miniature WWF ring with turnbuckles and canvas and apron and shit, and it looks like you're just fucking controlling this ring with your mind powers because they don't show you the 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 little jabronis on the on the golf cart so it just looks like fucking earthquake is just this this mountain of a man with fucking superpowers it works it's cool and it also saved these fucking 90s ass lugs with no cardio the trouble of going down a fucking (laughs) however long the entrance ramp was and they are long entrance ramps it's long. I mean, it's a big arena. It's a big stadium. You know, you it, right. it, I thought I, I thought this number was kind of legit, wasn't it? They say sixty something, and I thought it was. I mean, I'm sure they inflated it, but like, let me while you're talking, let me pull up the Observer. Okay, of cool. course, yeah. that nerdlinger um, Shave Seltzer has all the scoops. He's fucking Mark. My one note on this match is that at one point Coco Ware gets thrown out of the ring, and so he okay, so Coco Beware, right? The he's bird the bird. Man. He's the bird man, and he's got his bird. It's a macaw, I believe, uh, and his name is Frankie. And cool, that's his gimmick. He brings a bird to the ring. The bird sits on a perch, and that's fine. But at one point during the match, I just loved this because he gets thrown out of the ring, and he's like selling on the floor at like the foot of Frankie's perch, and it has a very like like Rocky Balboa and Mickey energy. <laughs> to, <laughs> like like just like Rocky, get back in there, like. I don't know. It, it was just my, my, I don't know. My visual mind couldn't help but read it that way. I liked it. It was great. Uh, I gave it two stars and so did Dave. So whatever. The actual attendance per the observer is 64,287. Okay. I didn't mark down what, uh, cause, cause uh, Fink does a, like you've set a Skydome record and I don't remember what that number was. The gimmick number is, 67,678. Okay, so they bumped it up by about 3,000? Yes. 
That's fucking peanuts Over. compared to WrestleMania three. You're not kidding. <laughs> no, if you dr- I mean, so what, what was it? You said sixty four, give or take sixty four two two eight seven. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a good house. That's a really fucking good house, you know. Yep. So they got to se- pay. It had to be a sellout, right? Very close. If not an yeah. actual one, then might as well have been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. big fucking house. Great. Um. And they retreated to Coco Ware versus Rick Martel. Uh, do you happen to know if there was a dark match? No. No, there no. is no All listed right. dark match on this. All right. All right. So fine. if there was I one, mean, it's lost to time. Yeah. I didn't have, I don't have who won this. I assume it was Rick Martel. I don't know. Oh, there was a dark match according to Cage Match. Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Paul Roma beat the Brooklyn Brawler. Beat the Brawler. Okay. Yeah. Love the Brawler. Um, but yeah, yeah. Rick Martel, um, early in the match, they do a long, like Boston crab struggle spot where he tries to get the Boston crab on. Now you say early in the match, how long did this match go? Five and a half minutes. (laughs) So Coco like does like his fired up start, you know, he does like a second rope cross body and then some drop kicks, you know, which for 1992, right. Coco Ware was like a high flyer, like compared to everyone else, you know? Yeah, and his shit, sure. his shit is like mega athletic compared to basically everyone on this show except for Savage. Well, and and Hennig. Actually. Yeah, I mean Rick Martel. Rick is Rick Martel is good. He's good. He's not a high flyer type, and we'll, he's well, so gassed there, up. No, but you know what? There was good work on this show. Yeah, there were good. There were good workers, good athletes on this show. Here and there. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just noted that the crowd goes fucking berserk for Coco's second just, rope crossbody. Everybody's so over on this show. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 nuts. But I, I do have a question for you here in this match. Sure. Because sure. Coco gets his hand, head slammed into the corner. Yes. And he shakes his head. And he starts kind of hulking up. And once upon a time. African-American wrestlers in pro wrestling were the ones depicted as having hard heads. It's now Samoans. It's hopefully right. not Samoans anymore. No, no, I saw the Usos do that a few years ago. Actually. Well, that was always just, I always thought of it as one of Coco's signature spots. I, and I'm curious if it's just, for Coco, that's the case. It's 1990, so I have to imagine it was no yeah. longer the thing anymore. Yeah, because even Rock, The Rock's dad would do that when he was wrestling. Yeah. So I'm just curious. Uh, this is not going to win. Most I know. Races. So you'd think. So you'd think the Rock would be the most invulnerable <laughs> to blows right. to the head. Yeah, interesting. It's inherited. From um, both, yeah. From no, I knew that was. I knew that was just like a spot that Coco did in his matches, right? Mm-hmm. Because he could. Then he could do his like flap his arms like a bird, right? Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but JYD had the same thing too. Now that I think about it, yeah, huh? Probably special delivery. Jones did probably all. Uh, well, it's hard to say. Jones, SD Jones was like an actual jobber. He was a jobber. Yeah. So I don't think he was no selling much of anything. I would, no. I would assume. No, you're, you're right. Yeah. So the um, point is, I don't know. So I'm not going to mark it down, but I'm just going to say, going to keep my eye on it. But yeah, they just do. He gets him in the 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 um, Boston Crab. Uh, Martel does. At the yeah, end. that was that was Rick Martel's move, and he taps out. Yeah, I love Rick Martel. I just I'm just gonna say it. I think he's great. He did he did a timber bump. 
Martel took a oh, big timber he? bump. Yeah, yeah, he got. Um... So I noted that during Coco's comeback, Coco got a very brief. Somehow in a five and a half minute match, they did <laughs> the shine, the cut off, the heat, a comeback, and then the finish. They got through their whole four step match somehow in five and a half because minutes. Because they believed in themselves, man, Flurry. <laughs> but so Coco's comeback involves doing diving, like running into the ropes, jumping, and doing a headbutt. Like a yeah. soaring through the air headbutt. And Rick Martel and Coco are either not on the same page, or Martel does not feel like bumping and feeding. He just wants to take one bump. Um, because he uh, Coco does his big headbutt. Martel goes down. Martel is down. Martel is down. Coco hits the ropes. Coco starts to jump. Martel is down. Coco stops. He walks back to the rope. He puts his back on it. Martel finally gets up. Coco does the headbutt. Um, and then they do that again. And I was just like, man, I don't know. Martel, I don't know if his body was always like this or if this was new, but he's like a Von Erich here. He is so big here. I've never, well, like, when he was like, feuding with Shawn Michaels, he was not this big to my recollection. Yeah. It's 1990, though. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, like, look at the timeline of the steroid scandal yeah. and look at the physiques of your average WWF wrestler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, is what it is. But, yeah, for a a five-and-a-half-minute match, that was fun. Yeah. And Dave gave it two stars. Yeah, which I think is fair. Yeah. that that, We're all in accord here. Maybe Dave's not so bad after all. Yeah. Shave fucking seltzer. Mark for the business. Mark. Mark for the fucking business. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so then we go to a... uh, it's Mean Gene, right? Who's backstage? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Mean Gene is backstage with uh, Haku, Andre the Giant, and their manager Bobby the Brain Heenan. Okay, mm-hmm. that team, collectively known as the Colossal Connection. I'm standing here with the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, the awesome force of the Colostomy Connection. Hey, 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 hey Baldy, what did you call them? The Colossal Connection. No, you didn't. What did I say? Never mind. But if you want to talk evacuation, fine. Because that's exactly where demolition is headed. They're headed straight to the treatment plant. And gentlemen, we know how we're going to treat them, don't we? We're going to eliminate them. (laughs) Come on, let's get moving. All right, the Colossal Connection. They're anything but regular guys. Mean Gene introduces them as the colostomy connection. He sure does. He sure does. And Bobby Heenan is like, what'd you call us? And Mean Gene says, what? The colossal connection. And then he and Bobby, right? Bobby and Gene make like little G-rated poopy jokes (laughs) for like a minute back and forth. And it was, it's this weird thing where Vince will be like, oh, we're going to, you're going to talk about pooping. He's going to say colostomy connection, and then you guys are going to say uh, uh, they're anything but regular guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> but they're not going to say, like, they want to do the thing but not actually do the thing. That's yeah. a very Vince That's a very Vince thing. And I'll always think of the time when fucking Randy Orton got crucified, but he wouldn't say the word crucifixion. You know what I mean? When like, did Randy... I can't remember this. Uh, feuding with Bray Wyatt, I think. They, cr- Man, I probably watched this and don't remember. It was... 
I mean, I thought it was kind of cool for what it was, but, like, it was dumb. Because I remember that Undertaker did that to Austin once upon a time, and I cannot there remember was that. if they called it crucifixion and even then, either. They called it they called it the symbol, right? Und- yeah. Austin is hanging from that symbol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, if you're going to do it, just do it. Like Do it! Yeah. Uh... You know, why not just have Bobby Heenan say, what, a colostomy connection? What, do you think they're poopy pals? No, sir. They use the bathroom one at a time. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it. Are they poopy pals? <laughs> like, do they, like, share one colostomy bag? I don't know. But, like, like if you're going to make poop jokes, like, they just... Go they all the way. dance around it. They dance around it, and they dance around it. When it's just like, just fucking go for it. It's like later on when they do the whole thing about, like, a WWF wrestler did porn. But they're like, right. X-rated oh my video. God. Oh, my God. I am so excited to talk about that. That's my oh. that's my big thing to note for later. I will make sure we don't miss that. And I have another, like, the weird things that they won't say. Right. And what they show. will say. And kids, There's you know, so you can't say poop ones. to kids, I guess? I don't know. That's, like, their favorite joke. In fact, uh, new category. New category? Mm-hmm. They said that would be the name of this category. So, like, for something that... How the fuck could you think it was a good idea to say this? I like that. Yeah. Close yeah, yeah, yeah. connection in the lead there. With, with like, racism... Um, as its own, se- like, we won't count it for racism, because racism is already kind of its own separate yes. category, right? Okay, cool, cool. All right. They, the, the Say What Award? I don't know. <laughs> they said what? Sure. They said what? I like it. They said what? Um. All right, so, colostomy connection. Yeah, I got some good ones for this. All right, cool. Um... Axe and yeah, they, Smash promo with, uh, with, was it with Gene again, or was it with, yeah, because Colossal Connection entered, and then it went back to Demolition. Right, promo. well, because they don't have music, right? The heels don't have music on this show. Interesting. Or not not, not all the heels, but I just mean the in that match, mm-hmm. I should say. Because um, Andre never had music, and right. Haku, I don't think, ever really had music either. Um, they probably eventually gave him, like, generic Islander music right like like um jungle sounds type yeah. shit yeah 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 yeah. what this match was was um haku had a match with demolition uh andre broke up some pins the bad guys lost and then after the match they did an angle which fucking ruled it was so good <laughs> it was amazing and you take the whole andre heenan story into context. It's fucking fantastic. So, really is. if I may. Please. So, the heels lose. What I can't remember what happens if Andre fails at breaking up a pin or Andre, whatever. Andre does his usual, I get my arms caught in the right, rope. Right, right. And then Demolition did their elbow, you know, their elbow drop thing to pin Their finisher to. move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, basically, Andre is selling. And the problem is, Andre is literally selling from the moment he walks out because he's literally always in pain at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, kind of sad to watch. 
it's weird because I expect him to move around worse for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's not zooming, you know, or no. anything. So, so you know, he's selling, though, and because he was stuck in the ropes and yada, yada, yada. And Heenan is just livid. Heenan is all bent out of shape, getting in his face, points, pointing his finger, right, in, in Andre's chest. Mm-hmm. And then he slaps Andre. And that's when everyone's like, that's, nope, you did, you Uh-oh. did. That was too much. You did, you did too much. And Andre, much like James Buster Douglas, actually, <laughs> go, <laughs> goes to fucking slap him in the mouth and misses by a fucking mile. So he has to do it again, and Heenan, Heenan doesn't give a fuck like Randy Savage. Heenan is selling from the second Andre puts his hands on him. Yeah. Because Heenan, that's Bobby Heenan's M.O., and and it's great. Um, So, you know, Andre beats the shit out of Heenan. Haku tries to come in for the save. Andre beats the shit out of him. Andre wins the segment, is presumably a babyface now. Uh, and that's that. It was great. After, it was, it was uh, great. Bobby Heenan was Andre the Giant's, you know, shithead manager for what? Fucking five years? Four or five years at this point? Yeah, shit, man. It goes way back, huh? Uh, eh, three or four years. I don't know. And, you know, just finally seeing him turn on him. And everybody loves, everybody loves Andre. You know, oh, he's a heel, scary giant, right? But he's Andre, and everybody loves him. So, Plus turns, right? Everybody loves a turn. Everybody loves a good turn, especially one well as well executed as that. There wasn't any additional bells and whistles. It was pretty fucking simple. Well, Andre couldn't do much. Well, Andre really couldn't do much, yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. He, he killed Bobby Heenan, and then Haku tried to give him the thrust kick. He caught that, and he killed Haku, and then they tried to get away on the their cart, and he threw yeah. them off of it and took it himself. Yeah, he did a, he did a GTA. <laughs> the, the match itself and that's another one yeah leaving on the cart is kind of a cool flex <laughs> like like there's only one cart to ride back only one person gets to be cool after the match two weeks, i kind of like that two weeks later or so andre the giant was in all japan wrestling Oh, yeah. And he would continue to wrestle there for two more years, just briefly, usually for, like, in tag matches where he tagged with Giant Baba. So that means upcoming in... uh, Legendary shit. Two years' time, you have... Or maybe it's one year time, I can't remember. But you have the legendary showdown between Giant Baba and Andre the Giant versus the Land of the Giants. Two years' time? I believe it's in 92, but it might have been in 91. Because I know, um, I'm actually pretty certain it was 91 now that I think about it. So in a year. That's, that's really sad. I know. As he can't Ugh. move here. It's, it's, it's depressing. It's, it's like a bummer. Yeah. I hope he made a lot of fucking money for this match. Me too. Me yeah. Too. Uh, I gave this segment three stars. Um, the match was kind of bad, and the Andre of it all was very kind of sad. Dave gave it two stars. But the angle afterwards was fucking fantastic. Wrestling is not difficult, folks. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is Andre would not wrestle again in WWE outside of two house shows that he for some reason did in like the following year. But he would never have another televised match, but he did make multiple appearances and there was this whole gimmick where like people were trying to be his manager and shit. And he like, you know, beat him up. Well, because eventually he started having to come out on crutches, right? Right, and it was like Earthquake hurt him. Earthquake, like, kayfabe hurt his leg. Well, right, but he really needed those crutches. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was fine. I like Demolition. I, You know, as far as, like, big lug, bad boy tag teams, they're fine. Power and paint. It's they're not. They didn't quite get the Road Warrior pop when they came out, but it was pretty close. They were really, really over. People really liked the the fetishmen in their in their leather outfits. They loved these two painted up leather daddies. Yeah, and I'll say this much: the music. Uh, you know, we all know music and pro wrestling. Like what you know, the value of it, right? Oh yeah, man, Demolition's fucking entrance theme. A is really good, and B paired with the ring cards is fucking excellent. It's so good. So they so they look like they're fucking nine feet tall, <laughs> coming to the ring in their fucking leather daddy gear with their face paint and their their fucking Rick Derringer music. It's fucking great. It's really really good. I just I just I'm all in. <laughs> Obviously, they're not as good, not even close to like the Road Warriors. They're not as over as the Road Warriors, but for no. like the for the Airzats. Road Warriors tag team, they're probably as close as anyone ever got. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know... Because they're just a knockoff of road the Road Warriors. Right, know? right. RC Cola, fucking it costs the same, it tastes the same. Whatever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I do love RC so, Cola. So, up next, we have Hercules versus the Canadian Earthquake. Um, this was one of my favorites, uh, so earthquake, another one really? that looks fucking epic. <laughs> no, oh, this line, this this gorilla monsoon. Oh, okay. That we're, that, we're, that we're about to get to. Gorilla monsoon refers to earthquake as a bohemoth, <laughs> which, which I don't know. That's like, you know, like when my son can't quite pronounce a word all the way correctly, but I know what he's saying, and I'm like, that's a good word for you to try to use, <laughs> like. Like, that's how I feel about Gorilla Monsoon trying to say behemoth. And he's usually so much better than that. I have to say, the first time I, I ever recall seeing the word behemoth was in Final Fantasy VII when I was a kid playing it. I'm going to tell you something. Uh-huh. I've never played Final Fantasy VII. I don't really like RPGs. Dang. Um, Turn-based turn -based shit, you know? It's yeah. not for me. It's, you know... It's, Mary's turn base with active kind of yeah no you probably wouldn't like it I probably wouldn't it's like also it. and it it's came long. out in like ninety seven or some shit I don't care about that but when I played there's that a, game, a remake just came out though they, yes yes there did it is a different take on it and I'm not interested but oh, okay I, I've heard different takes on it the combat is is action so you might like it have you played the are you into Zelda I have Breath of the Wild uh have you played the Link's Awakening remake I have not. That's the one I'm down for. Breath of the Wild is a little overwhelming. It's <laughs> sounds, I, I sounds like stalled. a lot of game. I stalled sounds out like halfway through. A lot of game. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of how I am with most Zelda games lately. Yeah. So, Hercules versus Earth. Wait, 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 wait sorry. But, but the, yes. the reason I was talking about Behemoth is oh, yeah. in Final yes. Fantasy VII, there is a summon. Uh, Behemoth, you know, they have like, you know, different ones, Shiva and, and Behemoth, Leviathan. They have all these different summons you can you can summon sure. to do damage to your opponent. And that was the first time. They don't say it out loud, you know, because most of it's text. And uh, seeing that word, I just decided it was pronounced Behemoth. Behemoth. So to this day, when I see the word written oh, Behemoth, interesting. I have to, in my head, correct it to Behemoth. Because I in my head, I always hear Behemoth. So I feel you, uh, Gorilla Monsoon, wherever you may be. I have the same trouble. I have the same struggle. You do your best. You don't do very well, but I love you. He's not great. 
but I love him. No. <laughs> yeah, same. He's yeah. not as bad as people make it. Well, maybe. We'll get to oh, we'll talk he has about some, it. He has some doozies on this show. Um, so, yeah, Hercules and Earthquake do, like, 15 seconds of actually kind of good wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Earthquake bails, uh, takes a powder, as the saying goes. <laughs> and then here's another thing. So he comes back in, right? And his whole thing is he's an earthquake, right? Yeah. And so he's he just gets in the ring and jumps and stomps on the mat. And the whole fucking ring wobbles. And it looks like he has superpowers. It does, doesn't it? It's fucking fantastic. That's the kind of shit that they were really good at back then. It's just making I don't, making the gimmicks work, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a test of strength in this match. I think 1990 may have been the golden age of the Greco-Roman knuckle lock. Um, Earthquake gets busted open at some point in this, like, what, two and a half minute match? It was not a long match. That's for fucking yeah. sure. Um, so Hercules is winning, right? But then he goes for the backbreaker. <clears throat> which is stupid. Don't do your lifty move on the fat guy, right? Uh, Earthquake gets the upper hand, and the second Earthquake is winning, Hercules is selling like he's dead. Yes. Like immediately, like from one blow, Hercules is deceased. Um, I gave this three stars because it made Earthquake look really fucking scary. It did. Dave gave it one star, which, for what Dave is looking for, I think is fair. <laughs> I noted that in the pre-match promo, um, sure. it just dawned on me that Earthquake is probably the cutest wrestler on the show. Um, new category. <laughs> because, because, like, he, he literally does have, a, like, a child's face. I don't know how to put this. He has facial hair. I get hair. that. No, uh, well, we said it We said it last time, or a couple shows ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, has, he has big Santa Claus energy, yeah. right? Yeah, but and he's like he's he's wearing his he does not wear a singlet he wears a onesie, and he jumps around and he has a child's <laughs> face so he just looks like a four hundred pound baby. That's fair. That's very fair. Have you did you ever play like um like an old Bethesda game like Oblivion or Fallout Three? No. Like when the engine was real janky and then you like. Take just go up to like a kid character and open up the console and do like age up or whatever to make him into an adult. And I've then, never done that. Yeah, because like with the old games, they would still like look like a child, but then they would just be taller. And that's that's earthquake to me. He just looks like he looks like a baby who put on like a a, a fake beard and grew four hundred pounds. And he just he jumps around yeah. like the whole promo. He just jumps around like a little kid. Like yeah, I'm gonna well, go out to the playground. He's an earthquake. <laughs> so I vote him for cutest wrestler on this show. I, I think I think that's great. I, I will I will uh, record that in the nomination. I have at least one other oh, on this show. I can't wait to find I have that at out. least one other. And like, <laughs> that, but that's a really good category. Okay. Um. So from there we go to Miss Elizabeth. Oh wait wait we, we have interviewed... we, I'm sorry I don't want to interrupt too much but I have to know. Yeah no 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 because this is notable. At sure. Quake wins of course with. You know, the I kill you with my butt splash, where he just he yes. runs and he sits on you. Um, yes. And he did that to Ronnie Garvin after the match that we watched on uh, Saturday Night's Main Event. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Garvin had to be carted off, and he did it to Hacksaw Jim Duggan, right? Probably, after, I don't know. After some recent match, and he had to be carted off. But he does only one to Hercules, and after protecting this move, 
and you know, really, really, really firing up uh, Earthquake, the no longer Canadian Earthquake on this show because they're yes. in Canada. Um, Hercules gets up after the match under his own power and walks out. <laughs> and well, he's mighty. He is the mighty Hercules, so I get it. I do understand it. But he had killed like everyone up to now, and then Hercules is the one who like gets up. And I don't know if they were going to work like some some mat. Generally speaking, when there's a cleanish finish, they don't work like a house show loop with it. But I'm just curious now, you know, like because it's yeah. the first time that that's happened. And it's Hercules. I know he was kind of a name, but he wasn't like super. Protective. Well, he's. Uh, oh, Hercules? No. Yeah, yeah. But he is strong. No, I mean, I think he. Maybe that's the trade off for how yeah. bad he sold for him during the match, you know? Yeah. That's fine. Whatever. Probably. Whatever. Um, and Garvin was probably out of the company for not. Like, that was probably a write off for him because I haven't seen him since. You're, uh, you're right. He probably is gone. So. Um, and then they do a big angle, spoilers, they do a big angle leading up to SummerSlam where basically they, um, Hogan gets hospitalized by Earthquake and they sell it real big and then they did the thing where it's like, uh, here's the address where you can send your get well cards to the Hulkster and they just signed all those people up for the fucking WWE catalog mailers. Smart. Holy shit. Very clever. That's very genius. clever. Yeah, very clever. Um, so we move on from there. Uh, Elizabeth, who has been not seen, really, right? Because, like, Macho Man turned heel and, and became Macho King, and she was just kind of not part of the picture. Mm-hmm. And she's being interviewed by this lady who is apparently famous, who I've never heard of. Her name is Rona, which is an unfortunate name in 2020. Um, uh, the interview was boring, confusing, and short. Uh, they managed well, all of that I'm somehow. Looking- I'm looking, yes, it's incredible. It's like, it's sort of like when you ask a, uh, I always think of graphic designers, but I suppose it could be any sort of craftsperson. Uh, you can have it fast, what is it? Fast, good, and cheap. Pick two, right? Yeah. Most of the time, most of the time you can be boring, confusing, and short. Pick two. They managed to do all three. Um, because Liz is like, well, you know, Rona is asking her, uh, uh, well, you know, where have you been, Liz? We haven't really seen you on television much at all. And, oh, it's true, you know, I've been doing... Uh, Liz has uh, uh, her voice, a soft Dallas lilt. <laughs> has its own smile? <laughs> has its own smile. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> um, she has a very endearing... I believe she's from Georgia. She has a very endearing accent. Um, that's all. Um, but, yeah, so she talks about, oh, well, you know... I'm I'm preferring to do a lot more of my work behind the scenes now, but I'm going to be back in the ring, but I'm behind the scenes right now, but I'm, you'll see me like, I don't know. Yeah. Rona, Rona's like, your fans just want to see you. And, and Elizabeth says like, I was always afraid while out there that not that I would get hurt, but that I wouldn't be able to help my client. Like I wouldn't be able to help them win. And Rona was yeah. like, but even, you know, people still want to see you so bad, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was like, yeah. well, maybe I'll come back soon. Maybe, maybe, but I'll tell you, you'll see a different side of me if I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet. And that was, that was not the end of Rona Barrett on this show. I am so excited. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get to this. So Brutus Beefcake is backstage reading Mr. Perfect's resume. I, it was weird. Um, and then... As they're throwing back to the ring, 
Oh, I didn't write this as a match in my notes. Brutus Beefcake has a match with Mr. Perfect. Right? He does. That's the match. So, as they're coming down to the ring, it was it was interesting because they were talking about haircuts, right? Because it's Brutus Beefcake. And Jesse's talking about how he's a can't miss in Hollywood because he's got Paul Newman's eyes, Kirk Douglas's chin, and Robert Duvall's haircut. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> that's that's pretty good, Jesse. How long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> I'm glad he saved it for Mania. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, uh, so I, can, I, I just want to go. Couple notes for this match. Go ahead. I just yeah, want to yeah, go yeah. back to the to the Brutus Beefcake promo, especially. Um, sure, I have nothing on that because yeah, Brutus Beefcake. He points out, you know, that Mr. Perfect says he's perfect, but everybody has flaws, and he's going to sever his perfect record. And as he says, sever his perfect record with his shitty little garden shears he tries to cut the paper sean mooney is holding but he is unable to cut it at all so he sort of just musses it up a little bit yeah and let's not um let's not bury the lead here either mr perfect is undefeated in singles competition never been pinned never been submitted going into wrestlemania 6 and as he makes his entrance he is introduced uh, Mr. Perfect is by the genius. Yes. Mr. Perfect, the camera cuts to the train, the entrance train, and it just zooms in on his scrunched up dick in <laughs> his singlet. Like the camera just goes there and it sort of focuses on it because he wears that like bunched up little singlet. So just scrunched up dick and then yeah, it pans up to him. Package. And you see it. <laughs> And, oh boy, this match. Did you say you didn't have much to say about this match or that you did? I have, I, I, I have a couple notes. Most of them are about the commentary, honestly. Well, that's what's really um, interesting in this match, because it's literally just Kurt Hennig throwing himself around, trying to make it entertaining. Yeah. Um, at one point, Mr. Perfect gets the cutoff, and Gorilla... I, I loved this. Gorilla mentions, oh, the pendulum's done a full 360-degree turn, and Jesse... <laughs> And Jesse takes the time to say, actually, Gorilla would be 180, because if it did a 360, it would just come right back to where it was. And Gorilla had nothing. Gorilla is the most bad faith arguer (laughs) (laughs) on earth on this show. Like, Like, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The guys I like do nothing wrong. And watch as I rationalize that. It's incredible. It really is. Um... Um, yeah, I don't know. Beefcake, uh, wins. Beefcake is... He throws Mr. Perfect into the post, and he gets the pin. Beefcake is truly bad at everything to do with pro wrestling, except for one thing that legitimately is very important in this era, which is just looking ridiculous. (laughs) It's not just his outfit, it's the faces he pulls, it's the way he gesticulates at the crowd... He can do nothing but it, but it is, for 1990 WWF, actually a skill to be notably ridiculous. And he can do that. At one point, this is my commentary moment from this match I have to bring up. At one point, the camera pans over to the crowd. Gorilla Monsoon tells me the following. Mary Tyler Moore looking on, and she loves it. Big fan (laughs) of Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Mary Tyler Moore, uh, uh, uh getting MVP nomination oh, for me on this show. Oh, boy, are we going to get there? I love Mary Tyler Moore on this show. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Ventura on commentary. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this match, I do have one other thing. He is 
excellent. Um, he he. First off, he insults the referee, who is Joey Morella. He's all over the referees on this show, yeah. Joey Morella, it tur- if you don't know, is uh, Gorilla Monsoon's son. His real name is Gino Morella. Uh, so he, he, he talks about how Joey Morella is a bad ref and he sucks in front of Gorilla. And then he he tells Gorilla, aren't you going to say hi to Larry and someone and someone? Terry, like- ter- it's Terry, Tyrell, and Jade. Ah, so that's yeah. So okay. So you oh you didn't know about this? No. So every WrestleMania, other than the first one, for some reason, he would always say hi to Terry Tyrell and Jade back in Minnesota, which is his wife and his kids. Ah. So that's whatever. And this year he was just like ha ha ha. I'm gonna make Gorilla do it. And then Gorilla's like, no, that's your thing, Jesse. But then, it's dumb. but then that but led that's it, what it was. Okay. But then Ventura said something about you know Hennig comes or maybe it was Gorilla comes from a wrestling family. Um, and Ventura, like, called Larry Hennig old and said he can't do nothing now? Like, Ventura is, is like, <laughs> you know. what? Right, he says, uh, you know, uh, uh, who do you think's better, you know, Mr. Perfect or his old man? And Gorilla says something about, well, I wouldn't go around calling him right, old man. Right. And, and, and Jesse's like, why? What's he? he can't do nothing. <laughs> I call him old, he can't do nothing to me. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, so perfect mocked beefcake, like he's beaten him they up. They never mention him by name, by the way. That's right. They never say Larry Hennig or Larry the Axe Hennig or anything no, like that. Of course not, because, you but, know, his name isn't Kurt Hennig, it's Mr. Perfect and only Mr. that. Per- right. So, perfect Senior. So yeah, he did a big slingshot to, like, like beefcake's getting beat up, and then he, like, gets taunted, but he's, he's barely able to fire up and get a slingshot, and... Hennig basically almost goes over the top of the post taking this. Like, he almost slingshots himself out of the fucking ring. Um, he's knocked out cold, quote-unquote, gets pinned. That was the fucking finish. They gave Mr. Perfect's undefeated record to Hulk Hogan's friend. That's Brock Lesnar beating The Undertaker. It's the same. It's, that's a one-to-one <laughs> comparison, I think. And um, it's shameful. No, I mean, what happened here was... Hulk Hogan knew he was losing the main event, so he's like, all right, but Brutus Beefcake has to win his stupid fucking mid-card match. Like, oh, fine. We're protecting the hell out of Perfect. We're having him work house shows with Hogan. Uh, go ahead and feed him to Beefcake. Yep. Lots of speculation was that this finish was Hogan's gift to his buddy, per the Observer. Oh, well, there you go. That's, that's the word of God. So, here we go. <laughs> Post-match. <laughs> Oh, well, the post-match, uh, I mean, the, I don't know. The post-match was a Brutus Beefcake thing, right? Yeah, he was, puts the genius in the sleeper and stands tall. It's just a mess, because he's like, I'm going to cut Hennig's hair, and the genius runs away with the clippers, so he grabs the genius, and he throws the genius in, and the genius is like, I'll, never, I'll fight you. And he, he never cuts anybody's hair. Yeah, so he cuts off a few <laughs> strands of it. Like, he has the shears, and he shows them to the crowd, and he goes, I'm going to cut his hair. And then he gently puts the shears down and takes out actual scissors and cuts off a few yeah. pieces of his hair. Uh, more like Brutus bullshit, <laughs> I got to say. Because I, you got to cut a motherfucker's hair with those big shears. And you know what's really funny is really... What Brutus Beefcake is most famous for is hosting the segment where Shawn Michaels turned heel. There, I said it. Fuck you, Brutus Beefcake. I love Brutus Beefcake. He's great. Um, so, oh my god. So we're in the Roddy Piper portion of the program. Oh no. Oh no! We have <laughs> sirens, fucking, uh, uh, whatever, fucking, here we go. This is, this is racist. Shelter in place, folks. This, 
this is fucking awful what we are about to describe here. Yeah. Just dreadful. So it's Roddy Piper versus Bad News Brown. You know who Roddy Piper is, I imagine, if you're listening to this show. Bad News Brown, uh, his gimmick is that he's like a tough guy from Harlem. Now he's actually Canadian and he was, uh, didn't he win like a bronze in judo or something Bad at the news? Olympics? Yeah, Bad he News has won a legit. bronze in the fucking 76 Olympics in judo. He's, he's like the inverse of Taz in that he's he has, actual judica, except he doesn't do any judo moves while wrestling for some reason. He he has the exact same Olympic resume as Ronda Rousey. Shit. Browns and judo, right? I think so. I think you're... Yeah, no, no. Her background was judo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he That's is funny. a... Like, he's not like gigantic in the sense that some of these guys are, but like... He's beefy. He could kill every person on this card, basically. He looks like he'd fuck you up. Yeah, which is great, you know? And he has no manager. He is the only heel who doesn't seem to have a manager who's actually getting a push. So, I don't know, the feud is the feud, right? They fucked around with each other at the Rumble. I pull you out of the ring, you pull me out of the ring, and they interrupted each other's matches and uh, interrupted each other's promos. And at one point, Bad News told Piper, if you're going to wear a skirt, you should at least shave your legs. Now, that's fashion forward, I understand it, but Piper's body, Piper's choice. Um, So sit down, bad news. Uh, But now, this Roddy Piper promo. Well, ladies and gentlemen, they call him the Hot Rod. Yeah, you could say I'm the Hot Rod. (laughs) Some folks call me the Hot Scott. (laughs) You know, I guess I'm a little bit of both. (laughs) Now that I think of it, you could say I'm a little two-faced. But you know, Bad News Brown, you just got one face, kind of face that he's a little customizing. For instance, let's take a look at them big bug eyes of yours. Look so mean and nasty with them gnarly veins in it. <laughs> look like you don't pop right out of them sockets. You know, I don't think you see that well. Of course, we could talk about them out-of-proportion ears you got that are just there to collect dust, dirt, and a wax. And you don't listen with them. You ought to be listening, son. But I don't want to insult you. Other than that schnozzola you got. Cute little schnozzola with them dilating nostrils and that wonderful hair that comes out of the left nostril. Oh, about three and a half feet long that you could pull cars with. Or you could wrap it, you could blade it, you could slice, you could dice with it. Which brings me to another part of your face, your mouth. Now, that's part of your body you don't have no trouble with. You're talking about somebody that knows about mouths, but you're talking about somebody that knows how to back it up. You see, you got a mouth kind of like Ralph Crandom. I got a big mouth! (laughs) Well, I'm going to shut it for you, baby. The only thing you don't know, Bad News Brown, is... Which one? Hot Rod? Or Hot Scott? Is going to do it. <laughs> well, it looks to me, Bad News Brown, that you're going to have to deal with a split personality. So Roddy Piper's face. So he's he's shot in profile, right? It's just a hard 90 degree angle on the right side of his face. And Okerlund throws to him by saying, uh, he calls him... I don't know. He throws to Piper and Piper says something about, well, but which side of Roddy Piper are you going to get the hot rod? Right. And then he does a 180, and the other half of his face is painted 
midnight black. Yep. I'm I'm talking uh pitch black. Like I apparently what I'm told is and I the maybe the observer <laughs> has some dirt on this. It was some sort of shoe polish or something that someone said, oh, yeah, use this, Roddy, and it'll rub right off. But apparently it didn't, and he had to look like that for, like, weeks. Like, he had, like when he got on the plane, like, he was still, yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. what the fucking deal, why, why he did this. I mean, okay. I get the, like, duality of man. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, but that's not what this was. No. This was, this was, you are a black man, I am a white man, here's what I think of black people. It was fucking dreadful. It was appalling. I get that Roddy Piper, oh, I'm crazy, but this was bad. Like, like, oof. So, yeah, most racist. Big nom there. Just Roddy Piper. Um, I, what can you say about this promo? It's not only offensive; it's a dumb promo. Yeah, yeah. Th- it's like bad. Like they don't acknowledge that he's bad. wearing, you know, that he's half blackface. Yeah, because he just keeps calling it the hot Scott. Now commentary, right. Gorilla, right. Gorilla is able to point out on commentary he's black on one side and white on the other <laughs> side. Says Gorilla. Yes. During commentary. Yes. I have a couple notes on commentary before the match, if I may. Please. Oh, wait, commentary. Oh, let me just say, the Piper promo, the promo, he said something about Bad News having a long nose hair, and he was going to, like, Uh, pull him around by it? uh, I think it was a a, a big nostrils reference. Oh. Yeah, really bad. Really bad. I... This this is like one of the most shameful things I've ever seen mm-hmm. on a on at least on a WrestleMania because yeah, right. wrestling is really fucking bad. Great, whatever, but this is this is horrifying, <laughs> and it doesn't get any better with the match. But this was a very interesting thing, very interesting thing that I noticed uh, as Piper's coming down to the ring in his horrific regalia. Uh, <laughs> Gorilla points out a sign, right? So they're in Canada. Gorilla points out a sign that says Piper for Prime Minister. And Jesse mentions, down in the States, it's Ventura for President. Meanwhile, in 2020, Jesse Ventura is running for President, and the Canadian Prime Minister did fucking blackface. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I think Ventura said he's not going to do it. This year? He will not or be running. in 1990? Yeah, he... he no, now, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he decides he's not running for right. president. No, that's fine. Um, so I just thought that was a fucking bonkers parallel. You you got that fucking right. That was that really one good. There. That one there. And there's another bonkers parallel that we'll get to later on in this show. Oh my this god. This show keeps so, on giving. This show is a fountain. Match five of fourteen, <laughs> and we ain't even halfway through the good shit. Let's yeah, let's go. So Piper, like right, Piper comes into the ring. Always with his t-shirt and his kilt and taking that off as part of his, like, but he'll do the twirl with his kilt, right? And it's kind of cool, mm-hmm. like Val Venus, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but as he does that, this time, he does the sort of, he does the Saturday Night Fever yeah. with the finger, pointing the finger, and he thrusts his crotch, and he does 
what I can only describe as like shuck and jive disco dancing, like, like, I don't know, exploitation bullshit. Yeah. And then I have no notes on the match, but, um, the finish Rowdy Roddy Piper. So, okay. Oh my God. Where to begin with this? So in 1990, Michael Jackson was still popular and we didn't really know about the weird shit with kids, but we knew he was weird and his skin was changing color. Yeah. So that's true. So if you're Roderick Toombs and you're just already doing this, why, why, why not load your tights? with a Michael Jackson glove and use it for the finish of your WrestleMania match. Why not? Why the fuck? Not? Why the fuck? Not, so they dude. brawl outside and it's a double count out. So apparently they're not even done. Um, I gave this a star and a quarter. And now that I'm thinking about it, this is minus four stars. This was, <laughs> this was awful. I am amending my notes. You I don't it, even know. Did you say you gave it a star and three quarters? One and one quarter, oh, okay. but I am, um, amending that to minus four i have no idea what i was thinking me neither because this match this was bad um i do have one note from the actual uh, wrestling portion of this match where it looks like at one point bad news turns around and loads his glove but it is not mentioned by commentary at all Hmm. and he punches uh piper and piper takes a huge like bump which made me think well did he load his glove? But then, like, the rest of the match, you know, Piper just punches him back and puts on his glove, and yeah. they hit each other, hit each other. Um, it nobody was really 50, sells 50, much. It was a 50-50 brawl. Like, yeah. Yeah, apparently nobody wanted to job. Yeah. Ne- neither one wanted to job to the other. And Well, Roddy Piper, that was, like, one of Piper's things, right? He didn't yeah. really do many jobs. And, uh, yeah, so him and Bad News, apparently not the best of friends, uh, apparently. I wouldn't be. (laughs) No. Jesus Christ, this was bad. Bad News punches, like, the the post at one point, trying to punch Roddy, and then, like, doesn't sell it. Like, nobody's selling for one another. This was not a cooperative match. Yeah. Nor a good one. Like, you can, you can, like, like look back on your, oh, ha, ha, the gobbledygooker, and, like, oh, the shockmaster, but this is, like, an all-time, all-time, all-time worst yes. wrestling segment of all time. All time. Yeah, all time, all my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dave gave this a quarter of a star. Whatever. Wait, didn't he give it one one three quarters? Oh, or I did I misinterpret that. that? I don't know. I saw one quarter. I looked at uh, Profite DB. Yeah, I looked at the, the thing, and I, I might have read it wrong because... The like, actual Observer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'll go with you if you saw it in the actual Observer. Because that's fine. I might have flipped. No, because he gave a quarter to Heart Foundation Well, but what he does is he'll write if it's less than one star but more than zero stars, right? He'll write the the fraction, mm-hmm. the, what do you call that in algebra? The coefficient, right? Ah. And then he'll put the star. So it'll be like one quarter, asterisk. You know, I've got it pulled up here. Okay. Let me... uh. Well, so while we're doing this, I want to talk about Steve Allen in the showers. <laughs> no, it was a quarter. I'm wrong. Okay. Okay, cool. Oh, I, no, I'm, no, yeah. no, I'm not. I'm so, I'm so sorry. It's one and three quarters. He gave that one and three quarter stars. All what right. I'm, stick, I'm sticking by my minus four. Your, yours is right. Yeah, it was really bad. 
Like, okay, and I get that Dave's purview is like, was this a good wrestling match? And, like, they had a brawl. And, sure, maybe it was a one-quarter of a star brawl or whatever. Um, But just snout to tail. The Roddy Piper of this show was awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. Um, Put it in the trash. So, Steve Allen in the shower. (laughs) So, Steve Allen's there in, like, his tuxedo with a little, I don't know, baby grand piano. I don't know fuck all about pianos, but he's in the showers with a big-ass piano. Do and, you know, um, can you inform the audience who Steve Allen is? Uh, like a comedian from back in the day? I don't know. Apparently uh, the original host of The Tonight Show. Way back uh, then. Oh, sure. I had to look that up because I don't know who that fucker is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think of him as, um, I, you know, like those kind of... I don't know, yuckety yuck comedians. But yeah, I thought he was actually pretty funny on this show. So he's there to rehearse the Russian national anthem with the Bolsheviks, right? Because Nikolai Volkov's gimmick, right, was always he would sing the Soviet national anthem for the heat, right? Mm -hmm. So Steve fakes them out a few times with, uh, oh my God, I get no kick from Ukraine. Uh, And what the fuck was the other one? It's a bunch of like, uh, uh, like late Cold War references, you know. Oh, hi, folks. I'm here in this uh, appropriate acoustic environment to rehearse the Russian national anthem with my favorite Soviet Union tag team partners, Nikolai Volkov and Boris Yukov. You ready, guys? Hit it, come Okay, I don't plan to hit it that hard, but I'll do my best. I get no kick from Ukraine. That's not the Russian national anthem. I know that. It's just a little joke to warm up the crowd. Give us a break here. Okay, here we go. Hey, hey yourself. I know it's not the Russian national anthem. What is it? You played a Polish national anthem. <laughs> well, send your postcards directly to him. Anyway, we're still warming up. Here we go now. A one and a two and Perestroika and Glasnost. I dig them the utmost. And how is your sister tonight? No more Stalin. Okay, let's do one from the hard folks. Let's do one for the homeland. Let's hear it from Mother Russia. Here we go. I don't believe you. Take it easy. On that note, this is Steve Allen in the speed stick room. Sending it back up to you, Jesse. I'm going to get out of here. You can get killed around here. Um, yeah, it was, um, let's see. Get, uh, Pop goes Pop the goes weasel. weasel. Pop goes the weasel. And then they say, oh, no, that's not the Russian national anthem, right? And the Bolsheviks go, no, it's the Polish national anthem. And he goes, whoa, send your postcards to him, folks. <laughs> Steve Allen was great. I don't know. I, I thought he was great on this show. So, he was no Mary Tyler Moore, but he was pretty good. Oh, my good. God. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So he's finally like, all right, folks, no more jokes. One, here we go from Mother Russia. And just as he's about to play, a toilet flushes, and the Bolsheviks start fighting each other for some reason. <laughs> This was a five-star segment. All-time great segment. <laughs> this was on the heels of one of the all-time worst. I'm not saying this redeemed it, but no. this was great. This, this was, was a wonderful. very good palate cleanser after being fucking horrified for, like, 12 minutes. Um, and then the Hart Foundation, eh, they smushed the Bolsheviks in, like, 20 seconds, 25 yep. seconds. Yep. Um... This may have been one of the earliest times, certainly that I can recall, of Bret Hart giving his uh, shades to a kid in the front row. Yeah. Uh, maybe the dopest babyface move of all time. 
maybe. Well, um, it's, it's no bushwhackers rubbing their pits on people. Let me let's look at the fucking bushwhackers from a COVID nineteen perspective <laughs> for just a second. <laughs> Fuck's sake! We'll talk bushwhackers later. So oh, the Hart boy. Foundation over like motherfuckers in their native land. Well, Brett's anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jim Hart Neidhart's adopted. by marriage. Well, no, he married Brett. He's married to Brett's sister. Or well, I mean, was. like he adopted Canada as his. Oh, I don't you know, know what I mean. Maybe you know, I don't maybe. know, but yeah. So they like you know they're the hometown heroes. They're not going to have a good match with the Bolsheviks, no matter how good a working tag team they are. So they just kill them with a heart attack in twenty seconds. Uh, they attack the Bolsheviks like from behind as they're doing the anthem, and Ventura yeah. is outraged. That's, that's bullshit. That I would be outraged too. That's very disrespectful. But Gorilla is just like, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> right, right. Like you know who this motherfucker would be voting for. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. Oh my god. The gorilla. faces did it, so I liked it. Right, right. It's arbitrary. Yeah. Gorilla He's is so president. arbitrary. He's the president, so nothing he does is wrong. Ugh. Yeah. Um. So next we get a video package wherein Vince McMahon counts his chickens by saying that next year's mania at the Los Angeles Coliseum is an event that will shatter all past Coliseum records. Join the more than 100,000 fans who will be part of this extravaganza or whatever. The Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, site of Super Bowls, the World Series, the Olympics, and now the site of WrestleMania 7. The event that will shatter all past Coliseum attendance records on March 24, 1991. Join the more than 100,000 fans who will be part of the biggest WrestleMania extravaganza of all time. California, here we come! They couldn't sell enough tickets for it to be worth running this giant fucking building. They had to move it to the 20,000-seat arena like, down the road or across the street or wherever it was supposed to be, right? So that th- this is Sla- this is Slaughter Warrior? So a year later, right, we're sort of on the tail end of Desert Storm, First yeah. Iraq War, uh, Bush War Criminal the First. Um, uh, oh, it's Hogan Slaughter, not Hogan and Slaughter. S- right, right, right. Uh, so Hogan and Slaughter, I mean, I could run through this whole fucking thing, right? Uh, basically, there's a war with Iraq. Sergeant Slaughter, who's used to be all like tough guy, American Marine, is all like, "No, I love President Hussein now." And yeah. uh, he turns heel, and then the war actually happens, and it kind of sucks. And then Hulk Hogan, the American babyface, wins the world title after the war's basically already over. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, all-time tasteless angle, right? Yeah. Uh, the Observer. There's a the, the Observer when like desert storm actually kicks off I, I was just like skimming through old observers one day randomly and Dave leads off with a piece about Vince McMahon's baldness fetish what? as like a as like a like so he goes into this whole thing about how Vince has a baldness fetish and I think it's also something about like it's double if you also have a mustache and then after paragraphs of this He's like, I just thought we could all use something because the real world is a little, uh, you know, there's a little too much, you know, whatever, reality or whatever going on in the real world. And now it's like Dave is like having doctors on his show to talk about coronavirus and shit. It's very interesting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? The, the 30 years in between of Dave Meltzer. Um, so, yeah, an all-time tasteless angle. And... Um, so the idea, right, is Vince figures, all right, well, we're going to... I don't think this match was the plan. 
right when he recorded this promo in 1990 saying we're going to have 100,000 fans or right. whatever. Um, but that was the match they booked, Sergeant Slaughter versus Hulk Hogan. It didn't draw very well because, no. you know what, everyone knew it was going to be bad. Who, who gives a fuck? I'm sorry, but who gives a fuck about Sergeant Slaughter? Like, the G.I. Joe thing kind of came and went already, right? I think so. Uh, you know, but I yeah, don't know. no, no matter what, like you were, you, he was going on the hope that the Iraq War would not actually happen. It would actually pop off, right, right? Right, like so, like people would be like outraged at Iraq, but you know there wouldn't be an actual war where Americans were, so it wouldn't be seen as so tasteless, which it was. Yeah, and it's another one of those things, right, where Vince. They won't show Sergeant Slaughter burning a flag. If they showed Sergeant Slaughter burning a flag, I'd be like, at least they fucking went there. <laughs> yeah. You know you know what I mean? Because, like, okay, they had him burn a, a Hulk Rules shirt symbolically, and I get it. I don't know. But also, I don't think flag burning is that big a deal. No, it's, uh, not, a re- it's not a person, for fuck's sake. And uh, uh, also, frankly, you fucking libertarian fuckheads out there, it's their property. If you're burning someone else's flag, I get that. I would be mad if I owned a flag that represented something, right, and somebody took it and burned it. I would be mad about that. But if you're going to buy a flag and burn it, fucking do it. (laughs) Exactly. No, yeah, fucking First Amendment, whatever. Let's all burn some flags tonight. I mean, I don't want to. I'm going to burn a flag. I mean, I don't think I have one right now. I'm, u- I'm using all my flags right now. <laughs> In solidarity with the Hart Foundation, I will be burning a Soviet so, but, Union flag. Right. Oh, well, Hulk Hogan headbutts them, and that's what that's oh, what you do. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, yeah, Hulk Hogan headbutting the Soviet flag is one of my favorite things of that's all my, time. That's one of the great gifts. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, so basically they couldn't sell out the building because no one wanted to see the match, so they had to sort of sheepishly say, well, because of, you know, the we're doing this touchy angle, there was a bomb threat, and we had to move to the smaller arena for security purposes. Mm-hmm. Like, amazing, amazing, amazing. What's great also is when they come back, uh, Ventura informs Gorilla Monsoon that he has all these friends in Hollywood he has 25,000 friends in Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. and they're all going to get tickets. So that means none for you, Gorilla. You'll have to leave Grandma at home. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't catch that. That's great. Ventura, like, just shits on Gorilla the whole show. And when he does, it's actually great. Like, later on, when he gets... Oh, I'm going to save it for when it happens. But, yeah, that that he just shits on Gorilla the whole fucking show. It makes it so much better. Match 7 is The Barbarian versus Tito Santana. Uh, we have another nomination for Most Racist. Is it Jesse Ventura? Jesse Ventura, yeah. Jesse, Jesse Ventura, during this match specifically, I will yeah. say Jesse Ventura, parentheses, Tito Santana. He mentions enchiladas. Yep. Uh, he mentions Chico's Revenge. Yeah, uh, all, all, all sorts of just sort of... Well, oh, Mexican food. Ha, 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 ha. Um, really bad. Barbarian wins with a second rope clothesline, which is a fucking red arrow compared to <laughs> what you were seeing on this show. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, Ventura tells Gorilla that he would go to the Blue Note Club in Tijuana. That, yes. Yeah. The, yeah. 
And he picked up, and, and Grillo's <laughs> like, you know, I bet you picked up a lot of things there or something like yeah. that, trying to feed him an opening, whatever. And Ventura's like, yeah, I picked up a lot of a lot of things there. I picked up Juanita. Oh, what was her name? And uh, uh, Gorilla's like, ah, it's not what I'm talking about. Will you stop? I'm talking about diseases. Like, yeah, what? I guess. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, uh, yeah, I, um, this was a big guy heel versus high flyer babyface yeah. match. Yeah, Gorilla, um, Gorilla keeps saying that Chico should have given some of his Mexican food to Barbarian because then Barbarian would have to leave the ring to shit and Tito yeah, would win by yeah. count out. More poopy chat. Yep. Gorilla Gorilla yep. talks about how he loves Tito's type of food, but he, you know, it doesn't agree with him. Like the whole point of this match appears to be to say you will get diarrhea if you <laughs> Mexican eat Mexican food. Right. Mexican food gives like, you diarrhea. What the fuck? Um, but I have to push back on you on one thing, Kramline. Barbarian did a top rope clothesline, not a second rope. Oh, was it? That big fucker went up there for Mania, and Tito I, took you know, a hell of a bump for it. You know, I always liked, well, not always. Um, I always knew Tito was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, like, in the past few years, as I've been watching Barbarian matches here and there, mm -hmm. he's kind of great, for just for, like, big lugs, you know? Because um, this is the era of big lug type wrestlers, right? Barbarian is so much better than the average. Um, right, right. Yeah, your average big lug. Yeah, he yeah. is. And like he know, teamed with the ultimate shit big lug, and he was the warlord. The, yeah, yeah, warlord. In fact, warlord. I remember we did a Rushmore uh, right yes. about the match. I expect nothing, and I get even less or whatever. And warlord would. <laughs> War, yeah, that's Warlord. Yeah, Express he's member of that fucking club. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I gave this match two stars. Hmm. Uh, Dave gave it three quarters of a star. I don't know, whatever. Dave gave it three quarters. Dave. It was short. It was know? short, but it was better than most. Yeah. Oh, it was four minutes, 30 seconds. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> you know how Dave is. He likes them long and in the Tokyo Dome. Um. So we get a... Uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes versus Randy Savage video package yeah. that opens with Randy Savage threatening to hit Sapphire and just off the bat, yikes. Yeah. You know? Um, and it was another one of these feuds, right, where it's a you interfere in my match, I interfere in yours, and back and forth thing. So Dusty and Sapphire are backstage with, I think, Sean Mooney. Yes, Sean Mooney. Yes. Uh, and they're doing a promo, and and... Dusty is doing his Dusty thing and kind of throws to Sapphire. And Sapphire says, because it's Macho King and Sensational Queen Sherry, right? And she says, there ain't no kings and queens anymore, which is false. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. No. <laughs> Absolutely incorrect. Uh, and then Dusty says, Macho and Sherry, you may be royalty, but you don't have the crown jewel. And then they're just like, let's go, Sapphire. And they leave Sean Mooney to just go, crown jewel. What could that mean? With me, ladies and gentlemen, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, and at his side, not only his manager, but today, his tag team partner, Sapphire. Oh, no, Daddy, you got that all wrong. This is 
sweet sapphire. And this is a common man. And you ain't going to see no common man, Dusty Rose, motivating to the ring, sitting on a throne, pretending to be king. And you ain't going to see no sweet sapphire standing by my side with a crown on her head, pretending to be queen. Because I ain't no king and queen no more. Oh, that's right, honey. So savage. If you and Cher want to be crowned, me and Sapphire can get the job done because we know what you're missing. You're missing the most important element in royalty. What you're missing is what we got, the crown jewel, baby. Woo, come on, let's show them what we mean, baby. Yeah. Crown jewel. And so we get Dusty Rhodes and Sweet Sapphire versus Macho King Randy Savage and Sensational Queen Sherry. Um, as Macho... And Sherry enter. Jesse is going on about how good they look, and he's right. <laughs> they mm-hmm. look fucking fantastic coming to the ring. Um, uh, there's a sign in the crowd that says Sapphire is a gem with little red oh. and yellow or, or, or uh, black and yellow polka dots. Really cute sign. I loved it, but Sapphire was spelled wrong minus two stars. Um, <laughs> Dusty, so Dusty gets the mic and says, oh, we got the crown jewel. The first lady of professional wrestling, Miss Elizabeth, get out here. Everyone loses their shit. They go crazy. They go bonkers. And I'm kind of watching this, and I'm like, we are at the exact halfway point of maybe the greatest, most satisfying, but also behind the scenes upsetting and awful character arcs in wrestling history. We really are. Yeah. Um, uh, imagine for a moment, right? Imagine at someone in 2020 or let's, it, cause this is such a fucking weird ass shit ass year, right? 2019, 2018, whatever, right? Imagine someone doing Miss Elizabeth's job and being this over. Yeah. Imagine that. And also there's no storyline logic to her teaming with Dusty other than fuck you, Randy, which yeah, fair. That That's all it is. I don't know. They have so they have a mixed tag match, and it's the like the the men in there with the men and the women with the women. But the whole story of the match is sort of both of them interfering, the the, the like gender bendy interference, right? Like breaking that rule. Yeah. Um. And I don't. Uh, there's okay. So watching Sherry sell for Sapphire is kind of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, she trying. But but you know what. I've seen worse than Sapphire. Yes. I've seen worse. Because she looks like she's having fun. She's having a good time in there. And she is my next nominee for cutest wrestler. Shit. Oh, shit. Sweet Sapphire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm fucking... I'm thumbs up on Sapphire. She's great. She's great. She's dancing. She she does hip checks. She... Yeah, she's fucking... Asuka was taking notes. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, so the announcers make a big deal, right, about the interference from the partners, and Savage throws Sapphire to the ground, and I am uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I have to take note of, so Sherry comes down to the ring, right, and she looks fantastic in all her sort of regalia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no one knew how to make not shitty looking wrestling gear for women until, like, the mid 90s maybe (laughs) i I mean and this is leaps and if you ever watch 80s women's wrestling it's so bad but like uh, 
And Sherry looks great, you know, her hair and her makeup and yada yada, but the gear is just bad. You know, Sapphire's out there in like sweats, whatever, you know. But but oof. I don't know. It's just from a like fashion perspective. Who the fuck designed this? Um let's see. So Liz finally gets involved in the match. She throws Sherry back in the ring, and the crowd goes bug shit. That's the right term for it. Absolutely bug shit for this spot. So she shoves Sherry into a roll-up from Sapphire. Sapphire gets the count. Great finish. Yes, yeah, so it was literally the like schoolyard schoolboy. Yeah. Where she gets down on her, on her hands and knees, and uh, Elizabeth pushes Sherry. Right, Sherry right. tumbles over, and <clears throat> then uh, Sapphire gets the pin. Um, so I gave this match, the match itself, two and a half stars. Um, the finish, I loved the finish. I thought it was perfect. Perfect. Um, and Sherry is great and yada, yada. I give minus three for the announcing because all Jesse could talk about was Sapphire's body. Yes. Um, and I don't know, man, it's one thing if it's Dusty Rhodes and Rick Rude, right? But when it's like, like, fuck off. This woman's just doing, you know? Yeah. Let her just do her thing. I don't know. Just be like, she can't wrestle. Like that's fine. If you yeah, you don't. You don't have to be weird and like body policing <laughs> right. about it. Right. If you could just be like, look at her. She's flopping around. She sucks. Like, go for it. Go for it. I don't care. Because it's true. You know why you got to be like that? Ugh. Um. So afterwards, Liz and Dusty and Sapphire are all dancing together, and I loved it. It, it was. It was great. Sherry, again, was the star of the show. Yes. Um, and she's she, not done for the evening either. No. She interrupts this match, like, multiple times, and they love to do, like, the pinball spot, like, where she comes in and Savage gets, you know, pushed into her or Dusty moves and she run, he runs into her. Um, at one point, she forearms Dusty Rhodes in the back as hard as she fucking can. You know, like with the with the the flat part of your forearm, like with the the meaty part sure. of your forearm, so it makes a big noise, and it does sound like a gunshot. Sure. Um, she also at one point just goes to the top and does a full ass splat, like a full fucking just splash to uh, Dusty Rhodes, who powers out and you know throws her out of the ring. And I was just like, hey, better than Warrior ever did. Give the give her yeah. the the big belt. No, but Sherry, yeah. Sherry's the absolute best. They all dance at the end. Savage tries to get the scepter. You know, and tries to attack him afterwards, but he gets yeah. one off. And uh, and then they all dance. And, you know, Elizabeth in her in her first lady of, you know, she can't dance too, too well, but everybody yeah, loves pretty, it. Pretty bad. They, everybody just loves her. She is so. She's open. lovable. She you has know, an earnestness the, about her. What's not to love? Yeah. Her voice, a soft Dallas Wilt. <laughs> Can we? What is that? Someone was interviewing Dixie. It was like an Dixie absolute Carter. puff piece, right? It was, I believe, Grantland when that yeah. existed. Did a terrible profile of Dixie Carter, and as I wrote when we both posted back on the essay forums long ago, yes, yes, uh, this is someone writing this art. The person writing this article jacks off to her. Yeah, you cannot yeah. describe someone the way this this fucking creep was doing and not be like just pounding it to her. Um, uh, so yeah, then we get to Bobby Heenan and Mean Gene backstage. Yeah, this is the inter- intermission, right? 
so yeah, so now we're kind of more or less at the midpoint right of the show. I don't know match wise, but or or time wise, but it's basically intermission, right? We've had our one kind of our act one finish, right? The big savage dusty match. I mean, that's basically what it is. Right? That was the only support match underneath that had any hype. I feel like. Um, I guess Ted and and Jake as well in in part two here is like the. I third mean, these biggest matches match. had build. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, because there's no intercontinental title match, right? Yes. So there's no secondary belt match. The tag title match is, uh, pretty early in the show. And the heat for that is really, I mean, the title change, sure, but mm-hmm. the Andre angle is the bigger thing. Yeah. Um, so the deal with this heat in promo, uh, they both kept almost saying balls, basically. Where did you get the ball? I mean, the nerve to slap Andre the Giant. I'll tell you where I got the nerve right um heenan and this is another one of those weird internal censorship moments of wwf heenan's ranting and raving kind of loses his train of thought almost fucks up his lines he almost says um and andre the giant you have just committed and i think he realized he probably shouldn't say the word suicide oh he was gonna say career suicide i don't i don't know if that's what it was or if he just lost his lines or what yeah um, now my brain, because I, I don't know, I'm not saying that I'm a bigger brain than Bobby, the brain Heenan, but you could have said you've just committed to a, a, a year of failure because I don't know, you could have saved it, Bobby, you're better than that. But he kind of lost his train of thought, but it, he also, fuck, he made it work, you know? And Okerlund was right there to help him. He's yes. like, he, yeah. you know, yeah, has this upset you so much that you've lost your train of thought? I'd never thought I'd see that happen. Right. Oh, mean Gene. And this is an underrated duo. These are maybe two of the most entertaining people in like the history of wrestling. Honestly, as good as it gets, I am. I kind of wish that he that that Okerlund got like a heel manager run at some point. I think he could have killed it. That's hurting my brain. Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's like the time I in my uh, I don't know whatever EA Sports game it would have been MLB 05. Where I was just like, I want to see Derek Jeter in a Red Sox uniform. <laughs> and, and I did it, and I was like, this is weird. I don't like it. That's how I would feel about Mean Gene as a heel manager. Well, WWE doesn't do face managers, really. Well, Mean Gene is dead, so. You want to, yeah, you want to hear the most upsetting thing? The fucking mixed tag match, everybody was dead. Everybody. All five. Everybody. Everybody deceased. Yep. This, this uh, show might have more dead people than alive on it. It's nuts, the number of dead people on this show. Um, so, yeah, so here we get a lot of, like, promos and backstage this and video package that. Uh, so we have Heenan and Mean Gene backstage. Or, no, I already we already went into that. Got so that we, go back to, we already go back to Jesse and Gorilla with Rona Barrett. I still don't know who the fuck she is. Yes. She says some shit about how, like, she's, oh, this this is legendary. She says some shit. I guess she's, like, her thing is, like, she's a gossip kind of newsy whatever person and she's like well it's so hard to come up with you know dirt on all these wwf people because you have such a clean image oh fucking (laughs) please (laughs) jesus fucking christ Uh, and then she she then goes on to intimate that uh there's a jesse ventura sex tape out there yes what so so that's something and Jesse immediately later. says, you're thinking about Sylvester Stallone. Which is probably true. I don't so know. Sylvester Stallone actually did have a uh, porn. Did, did real porn. Did a, did, a, did a porn before he got oh, there. Oh, that's cool. 
That's and, cool. And here's the thing. Rona is like, let's go ahead and play it. And Jesse's like, oh, we're, go to Sean, Mo- Sean Mooney standing <laughs> yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Randy Savage. And Gorilla Monsoon, with like tears in his eyes almost, is pleading, show it. Please, I want to see. Special interview time here, and our special guest, please welcome with me Hollywood's own Rona Barrett. Rona, Hi, welcome. Hi, Gorilla. Lovely to be here. Can you believe it, having two bookends like this? Go well, ahead. Rona, I understand that there's some talk around that you have some tidbits of information concerning some of our own. Well, I have to first tell you, it's very difficult coming up with information on you people. you kind of got very clean images. Yeah, but if anybody could come up with something, I know you could. Well, being the investigative reporter that I am, I have uncovered a very interesting little piece of film about someone who seems to be in very close proximity to us. Uh, you resemble that remark, Jess. You're talking to me? Well, I you think you have something on Jesse the Body Ventura film? What'd you see, Predator, Running Man? Well, I'll tell you the truth. It was a little piece of film from sort of the adult library variety. Wait a minute. X-rated wait, type Wait stuff? a minute. Well, there was this photograph of this guy in this film, and I must say... You're talking about Sylvester Stallone, right? No, in fact, I brought the film with me, so let's... We have the footage. It. Let's roll it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Let's go to Sean Mooney. Sean is standing by with the, the Macho footage. King and Sensational Sherry. Sean, go ahead. I am very excited to describe the payoff, such as it is, of this angle. Why does Gorilla Monsoon want the world to see Randy, yes, or a- not Randy, Jesse Ventura on t- camp? Like, fuck. Because, man, Flurry, he is a broadcast journalist. <laughs> He has a job to do. So, yeah, so like you said, they throw to Sean Mooney with Sherry and Macho. Maybe the two best freaker outers. Yeah. Like, in the history of wrestling, they're they're throwing a tantrum, they're flipping chairs, they're doing this, they're doing that. And another you-can't-say-that thing, which is so weird. Randy says, you just see the nails in the you-know-what. You can't say fucking coffin. can't say coffin. I get, I get, really and truly, I do get not wanting to say suicide. That's fine. But, like, you can't say coffin. I don't know, man. You can only insinuate coffin, my friend. Yeah, wow. Wow. But Sherry is running around, like, screaming the entire like, time. Like, I'll, put like, the, I'll put the audio in, I think. Pulling pulling her entire face off. Like, <laughs> she's going buck wild. It's great. With me, the Macho King, along with Sensational Queen Sherry and Macho King Randy Savage, you got a lot more than you expected in this match, especially with the appearance of the crown jewel, Miss Elizabeth. You hit the nail on the head, and you better get on the phone and call somebody, because suffering builds character in the American dream. I didn't think that you deserved my full attention, but mind games are my thing, yeah. And suffering builds character, and you're going to learn a lot of character, and the crown jewel doesn't exist. Macho King, Macho King, we know you're fired up, but what does the future hold for the Macho King and the queen of the World Wrestling Federation? It'll never happen again. We'll never be embarrassed again, and I guarantee you the American dream will feel the wrath of the Macho King, the sensational queen. You sealed the nails on the you-know-what, and the crown jewel doesn't exist. And I got you. I got all of you now. This one is far from over. Let's go to Mean Gene Okerlund. So then we get Mean Gene backstage with Demolition. Now, I love Demolition promos. Mm -hmm. I've often said that Demolition promos are what 
people who don't watch pro wrestling, right, think pro wrestling promos are like. Yeah. Uh, big dudes in leather, like, bassy voice, scary. Ha! Right? It's funny because I didn't mention this to you, but that's literally what I wrote as well, yeah. like separately yeah. from you. This is what people think all pro wrestling promos are. And I think that is something wonderful to that. I love demolition promos, but you know what I never need? A second demolition promo <laughs> on one show. Oh, God. Axe is okay, but Smash is on a different, like, he's out to lunch. Bill so Eadie cuts a fine promo. I love Bill Eadie promos. He's great. Now, I have to ask a question. So they won the belts like an hour ago, right? Did yeah. they have to sit around with their face painted, not showering for like an hour, like still in their sweaty, stanky gear and shit so they could do this fucking promo? They're fucking with their fucking BDSM harness on. Yeah, I guess. Good. Yeah, I no, I mean, I think this was all like a pre-taped run, but you never fucking know. But I don't even remember what they said here. I just remember, again, in this promo, this second promo, Smash was just smashed i don't know the term he just yeah, he just right, to right. fucking lunch there's something about smash i don't know like which one is bill ed is axe but barry darso is smash right correct the correct. repo man uh but yeah axe says this is a natural high during the promo while slapping the belt and does in, in fact say they will wrestle the heart foundation someday because and they heart... and they three-peated that was so that was a word that Gorilla Monsoon used to describe, because they won the titles for the third time. Ah. Right? And Jesse w acted like, oh, they just fliggle snorfed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they what? They three-peated, Jesse. <laughs> so, so Gorilla Monsoon, you know, a young Michael Jordan was watching this uh, pay-per-view. And Gorilla Monsoon said three-peat. And he said, when I win three NBA championships in a row, I'm going to call it the three-peat. So Gorilla That's Monsoon right. coined that. And unfortunately, Michael Jordan never won those NBA championships. He wasn't very good at basketball. Did you ever see Space Jam? Oh my God, did I ever. Space Jam's great. Um, Space, another Space Jam 2 coming soon. Really? They're make, LeBron James is making Space Jam 2. LeBron James. It's going to be great. Taking my talents to Looneyville or whatever the fuck it's called. The, the um, Merry Melodies, baby. The Merry Meadows. Yeah. Merry Mel I don't know. Silly symphonies. Um, yeah, they do a promo. Like, Heart Foundation is like, we want the we want a shot at whoever wins the belts, and that's... Okay, that seems to be what they're angling toward. That sounds cool. Yep. And I think they end up doing a two out of three falls match at SummerSlam? Ooh. That's a long build. Four months for that shit? That's cool. Impressive. So, so then Gene, you know, Gene's there for this demolition promo. That's fine. And he throws back to Gorilla. And Gorilla basically says... Well, I watched your sex tape, Jesse, and it wasn't very good. That's basically... <laughs> <laughs> it's, he said, like, he phrases it something like, oh, well, you know, during that, you know, while we were backstage, I, uh, you know, I watched that tape that Rona was talking about, and it was nothing. There was nothing there. There was nothing to it. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, like, we didn't even see the balls. Like, I, what? <laughs> and... And Kramat, I have to I have to um, give you big props to your memory here because of course I pulled it up and in fact SummerSlam 1990, Hart Foundation beat Demolition in a two out of three uh, falls match to win the titles. Bret Hart has I feel like Bret Hart has a long run of really fucking good SummerSlam <laughs> matches from here on. I would imagine. Right? 
Because he has that, and then he has the match with Mr. Perfect, and then he has a match with Bulldog, and then I don't know what the fuck he does in 93. Lawler, probably. I don't know. Um, Probably. Yeah, whatever. Um, So they basically... Gorilla says the thing about, I watched the sex tape, and it was, you know, whatever. Negative. Minus two stars. Um, They basically say, well, we're just, you know, uh, the clock is ticking down to that ultimate challenge. Sure is. All right, let's go back to ringside, but then they're actually throwing to the back. They're throwing to the back, yes. Very strange. With, with Mean Gene and Hogan. Eh, shit happens, I guess. Hogan does a promo about Skydome. Okay, here's... So, he t- he's A, he says Skydome like a hundred fucking times in this promo. Then he talks about vibes and energy and Just like forever. he did with his son. It's the exact same <laughs> fucking promo that he cut on Nick in prison. You and me got this energy and this vibe. I know we're just going to live forever. We're just going to live forever. I just hope we don't come back as a couple of... I don't want to say it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Brutal. (laughs) Holy fucking shit. He's been been like this forever. (laughs) Ah, It's there. Oh, my God. In fact... uh, Oh my that's god. That's going that's going in for the they said that vibes energy live forever. Good god almighty. Yes. Holy fucking shit. So, just to keep score right now, we have four categories. Most racist, <laughs> uh, most Virgil player, they said what? Uh, and cutest wrestler. So, keep those in your mind. Um so then, yeah, so he says the shit about vibes and energy, and then he says it's not about whether you win or lose, so he knew he was losing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then he says it's about what kind of winner you are or what kind of loser you are. This motherfucker, you just, you know, you, I fucking hate Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh, he's the worst. Hulk Hogan, the greatest World Wrestling Federation champion of all time. Here we are at WrestleMania 6. The waiting's over. Here comes the ultimate challenge. You know something, Mean Gene? You don't have to remind me and my Hulkamaniacs that at Sky Dome, we're going to face the ultimate challenge, brother. When we crossed the border from the United States of America to Canada, I was hovering over Sky Dome, brother. I saw what was beneath me, man. I saw the greatest arena of all times where the ultimate challenge will take place. And as we landed, brother, nothing but stark raving Hulkamaniacs were there to greet me at the airport. Nothing but positive vibes, man. Hulkamania is running wild like it's never ran before. But the ultimate warrior... You must realize that when you step in the Sky Dome, when you feel the energy that's going to run wild throughout the arena, those are my people. That's my energy, brother. And Ultimate Warrior, this is where the power lies, man. In the power of the Hulkster, the largest arms in the world. And once I get you down on your knees, Ultimate Warrior, I'm going to ask you one question, brother. I'm going to ask you, do you want to live forever? And if your answer is yes, Ultimate Warrior, then breathe your last breath into my body. I can save you. My Hulkamaniacs can save you. We can turn the darkness that you live in into the light. We can save all your little warriors with the training, the prayers, and the vitamins. 
but I gotta prove one thing to all my Hulkamaniacs out there. It's not whether you win or whether you lose. The only thing that matters is what kind of winner you are or what kind of loser you are. And Ultimate Warrior, I sure hope you're a good loser, brother. What you gonna do at Sky Dome when the largest arms in the world and Hulkamania destroys you? So we have a Warrior promo. Before that, I just want to say the thing that stuck out to me in the Hulk Hogan promo. Sure. Is he said when they're doing a test of strength, which they do do in this match. But he says, and you're on your knees. I'm going to look you in the eye and say, do you want to live forever? And the concept of immortality, of actual immortality and of like taking the life force of your opponent was like the big theme of these two back and forth promos. And it has been yes, something they had yes. been talking about as well. Like you noted last week with the warrior promo and the energy seeping into him from the Joe Lewis arena from the statues. Right. Well, right. The whole angle, the whole storyline has been, what's the strongest force, right? Here's these two unstoppable monsters, right? Who, who just one's the world champion and no one ever fucking beats him. And the other is just this big maniac who's got the other belt and no one ever beats him. And they're going to finally fucking clash for both titles. Mm-hmm. How fucking easy is that? They both suck. <laughs> they're both hot trash. <clears throat> but I'm ready for this shit. I've seen this match. I know the spots of this match. I've seen it a bunch of times. But as I'm watching this show, I, I'm like, I can't fucking wait to see the, yeah, Dino Bravo, what the fuck ever. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it works. It just does. It's so weird. All right. So, if I may, with this Ultimate Warrior promo. Run with it. So, Sean Mooney is backstage with the Warrior, and he goes to ask him his question, but basically, and here's why it was Sean Mooney, because Mean Gene never would have let him do this shit. <laughs> Warrior basically grabs him by the shirt, grabs the mic, and says, you are nothing but a normal, shoves him away. You don't deserve to breathe the same air that I and Hulk Hogan, one, do. (laughs) Hulk Hogan, two, I must ask you now, as you ask me, do you, Hulk Hogan, three, want your ideas, your beliefs to live forever? For Hulk Hogan, four, in this normal world, physically, none of us can live forever. You're with us so far, man, Flurry. <laughs> I'm here. I am here for this shit. But the places you have taken the Hulkamaniacs, the ideas and the beliefs you have given them can live through me, Hulk Hogan, five. That is why I breathe. That is why the warriors have come, Hulk Hogan, six. There are ones that question, where are you taking them? Good question. Do you no longer want to walk or step into that darkness? Hulk Hogan, seven. The darkness I speak of is nothing to fear. It is about the beliefs of accepting any and all challenges at the cost of losing everything, Hulk Hogan, eight. You have lived, Hulk Hogan, nine, for the last five WrestleManias for this one belief. What? (laughs) What does Hulk Hogan believe? In life after love? I, I, that the children are our future. I just. He's sitting on some, some serious phone dialogue here. Uh, yeah. I thought, I thought I could unpack these warrior problems. No, not this one. 
Not this one, Not man. This one. this one is this one is bonkers. Um, where even was I? I typed these in all caps with very little punctuation because that's how Warrior delivers them. Warrior does uh, not have time to think about punctuation, about pausing, about taking deep breaths. He must deliver his fucking soliloquy to the warriors and not to the normals. He has one setting. But he does kind of go into his, if you Hulk Hogan, right? And I thought thought he was going to roll right into the cockpit door. Yeah, And he didn't. Uh, Let's see. I don't even remember where I left off. I lost count of the Hulk Hogan's, but I'm going to keep reading for this one belief. Now, Hulk Hogan, I come to take what you believe in further than you ever could. I come, Hulk Hogan, not to destroy the Hulkamaniacs and Hulkamania. Ooh, I come here not to bury Caesar. Interesting. Uh, I come, Hulk Hogan, to bring the Warriors and Hulkamaniacs together as one. As we, Hulk Hogan, accept all the challenges with all the strengths of the Warriors and the Hulkamaniacs together, Hulk Hogan. The colors of the Hulkamaniacs are coming through the pores of my skin. And Hulk Hogan, when we meet Hulk Hogan... Let's take that back. Hulk Hogan, the colors of the Hulkamaniacs are coming through the pores of my skin. And Hulk Hogan, when we meet Hulk Hogan, I will look at you and you will realize then that I have come to do no one no harm, but only Hulk Hogan to take what we both believe in to places it shall never have been. Thank you, Mean Gene. I'm with the reigning intercontinental champion. The You are nothing but a normal... You don't deserve to breathe the same air that I and Hulk Hogan do. Hulk Hogan, I must ask you now, as you ask me, do you, Hulk Hogan, want your ideas, your beliefs to live forever? For Hulk Hogan, in this normal world, physically, none of us can live forever. But the places you have taken the Hulkamaniacs, the ideas and the beliefs you have given them, can live through me, Hulk Hogan. That is why I breathe. That is why the warriors have come. Hulk Hogan, there are ones that question where you are taking them. Do you no longer want to walk or step into that darkness? Hulk Hogan, the darkness I speak of is nothing to fear. It is about the beliefs of accepting any and all challenges at the cost of losing everything, Hulk Hogan. You have lived, Hulk Hogan, for the last five WrestleManias for this one belief. Now, Hulk Hogan, I come to take what you believe in further than you ever could. I come, Hulk Hogan, not to destroy the Hulkamaniacs and Hulkamania. I come, Hulk Hogan, to bring the warriors and Hulkamaniacs together as one, as we, Hulk Hogan, accept all the challenges with all the strengths of the warriors and the Hulkamaniacs together. Hulk Hogan, the colors of the Hulkamaniacs are coming through the pores of my skin. And Hulk Hogan, 
when we meet Hulk Hogan, I will look at you, and you will realize then that I have come to do no one no harm, but only Hulk Hogan to take what we both believe in to places it shall never have been. I mean, what can you say? Well, there's going to be some bubbling and some boiling in yep, order to create chemical, this gestalt. This chemical reaction. I am... I'm not saying that I'm, at this point, like, I'm over Warrior promos. I almost am. But I'm Typing getting is real close. He is so fucking shitty, and I hate him so much. Uh, yeah, they're... You know what you're getting. Hulk Hogan is better at everything. Oh, yeah. By, oh, yeah. Like, he's a much, much, much better wrestler. He's a actually coherent talker. He has charisma. Sort of. I mean, you Warrior, understand the point. You Warrior, know? Warrior has... Uh, Warrior has a sort of charisma. He has something. You know what I mean? He Right. He's got... Like, he's eye-catching. Warrior believes yeah. in himself. And yeah, he, he destrucity. Believes, he believes in everything he's saying. He, he, he has total confidence, and there is something to be said for that. It's just, it, it is causing me physical harm at this point to just listen to him doing all of these. When it was one promo, I was fine with it. Like, the last show, there were three. Yeah, uh, copying them down is exhausting, and I hate it. So no I'm going to stop down. doing it. I'm yeah. going to stop doing it, honestly. Fucking I may, feel free. I may grab a few notes here and there, but oof, these are intense. So, um, the Orient Express, really unfortunate name, versus the Rockers. So I'm like, oh, Shawn Michaels? That's like my favorite wrestler ever. And this might be pretty good, because like, I think the Orient Express, they had a good match at the next year's Royal Rumble, right? And it was like nothing. Yeah, no, I think I think they re- replaced yeah. one of them uh, with a better worker uh, eventually. But yeah, the good worker here is the one who's not actually uh, Japanese. It's yeah. Paul Diamond, yeah. who's uh, well, Tanaka, and Sean and Marty are good, but like they just well, I mean, like on the heel team, yeah, Sean and Marty are obviously Marty. Marty is no, honest to God, I don't. Marty might not be that good. Oh, well, I want to talk. I think Marty Jannetty does some really great stuff in this match. <laughs> um, so Michaels is selling, and it's weird, to, you know, with all the, like, oh, Shawn Michaels is the bigger star, right? Je- he's the one who's feeding the hot tag. So Janetti's the House of Fire coming in, and then Marty, the legal man, gets distracted chasing Mr. Fuji around. He takes powder to the face and gets counted out. Now, he's an idiot, <laughs> right? He's the legal man. He should have stayed on his man in the ring. But instead, he chased around Mr. Fuji. That's not Mr. Fuji's fault. He, you poked the fucking bear. <laughs> right? I mean... You had to know that he'll... No, don't fucking leave the ring to chase the heel manager. Fuck you. Marty Jannetty, you're a, you're a dumb shit. Virgil. He, he's my nominee He's for the Virgil. Virgil, yes. He leaves the ring. He chases after Mr. Fuji. He turns around, and because it now, is a Japanese tag team, <laughs> they throw salt. It was... It, it was powder. baby powder. It was or powder. Something. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. it was like they call it salt, but it's obviously right. fucking powder. Right. Wrestling tradition. But I do have to say, the bump he takes over the guardrail into the stands is really great. That was excellent when he's blinded. Really, really, really. I, I 
Thank you, Marty. That was good. We have that to add good. this, though, to the uh, the racist pile. Um, everything about the Orient Express, but especially that they throw salt. Uh, I'll just put salt throwing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, sure. we know what's going to win. Yeah, it doesn't really hold a candle, but yes, I'm with you. Um, uh, I gave this two stars. Dave gave it three. Yeah, Dave gave it three. That's that's nuts to me. Seven minutes, 38 seconds. Not yeah. a whole hell of a lot happened here. Now, I get that at this point, you know, the Rockers are the fucking young bucks, right? Compared to yeah, um, whoever, but whatever. I mean, uh, he gave this more than he gave DiBiase and Roberts, and I thought that was the best match on the show. Um, Yeah, I would say that's fair. Well, I mean, other than the main event, obviously, which was actually great. But yeah. I, I mean, of the undercard stuff. So we move along. Steve Allen is once again backstage, and he has a great line. I I, I got a little chortle out of this. This was great. This was he's, great. So he's he's introducing rhythm and blues, right? So in in the month between right uh, when we reviewed the main event, right, the month of like April nineteen or March nineteen ninety, right? Mm-hmm. At some point when we weren't looking, um, Greg Valentine and Honky Tonk Man are now a tag team. Greg Valentine has dyed his hair jet black. Um, and, uh, uh, they're like, uh, they're, they're debuting their new song tonight, right? That's the whole thing. So Steve Allen is backstage for an interview with them. And he says, well, they've been called one of the hottest new acts in music, but since they aren't here, we've got rhythm and blues. (laughs) (laughs) That was killer. Brilliant. Steve Allen do wrestling all the time. Fantastic. Please. Um, another another nominee for they said what um, on this one. So the honky tonk man says something about, you know, uh, well, Steve, are you excited to hear our new song tonight? And Steve says, I haven't been this excited since I found out that uh, Pee Wee Herman was straight. I haven't been this excited since I heard Pee Wee Herman was straight. What the fuck was that? What? Yes. What in the world? <laughs> Now, I, when did Tony Herman get caught right, right, jacking it in the movie theater? Because he did that, didn't yeah. he? Yes, he, he got. Was he that got, that was after this, wasn't it? I mean, I feel like it was, but maybe it wasn't. It was ninety one. <sighs> he was arrested in ninety one. Yeah, so this had not happened. It had what not happened fuck? by the time over. So that's going into my. He said what? Um. What in the world? Yeah, that it was ninety one. Steve Allen Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if there's Steve Allen Pee Wee Herman fanfic out there. If not, I'm going to write it. But yeah, also, uh, what was his, <laughs> like, like, I guess because, like, he's a wacky, like, Pee Wee Herman's gimmick is, like, you know, silly wacky, so. Well, his gimmick is that he's a kid, isn't it? Kind like, of. What the f- like? What the fuck? Steve this was Allen? really, really out of left fucking field. Weird, very oh, weird. You. Um, okay. So, watching, listen. I have all the love in the world for Greg Valentine and the Honky Tonk Man, as we know on this on on this on this program. But watching these two motherfuckers not have a clue what to do with a guitar is driving me absolutely bonkers. Like. Greg Valentine is just mashing all of his fingers on random frets 
and it's going bling, 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 and it's awful. And I get that that's the gimmick, but like Elias sucks at everything, but at least he actually knows how to play guitar. That said, I fucking love a honky tonk man promo. <laughs> I just do. Honky tonk man and his Elvis fucking gimmick. Elvis, Elvis Costello. Steve. Elvis Costello, I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Uh, Steve Allen. You remind me of Elvis. That's it. Elvis Costello. Or is it Abbott and Costello? I'm a little confused about you guys. Well, thank you, Steve. I'm really excited because when we go out there, it's going to be big. Yeah. It's going to be bigger than Michael Jackson, yeah. bigger than the Rolling Stones, even bigger than a Beatles reunion. I can hear you, but at least as big as when Tiny Tim played the Vince Lombardi rest stop off the New Jersey Turnpike. That's right. So if you'll excuse us, we've got to get to practicing now. Because we're on our way to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Great. I'll call ahead and warn them you're coming. This was not quite uh, the Steve Allen uh, moments from earlier to me. No, the Russian shit was fantastic. So then we get Dino Bravo versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Also, also, just real quick, uh, they yes. continuously uh, said, like, they added an extra hunka to the song. Every title, time. Because hunka, it's hunka, hunka, hunka. Yeah. It's a, it, right. So it's a hunka, 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 honky love, right? Yes. But the song goes, we need a hunk of hunk of honky love. Right. So uh, they added there, three, and it wasn't three, and they kept insisting is, it was three. It's it's incredible. It's just a, a fucking mess. Come on. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, Dino Bravo oh, wait, versus Hacksaw. It's, it's, it, you don't even know what a mess it is yet, Pissners. If you've not watched it, I'm so excited to talk about this. Okay, oh, yes. so not this match, but the song. Oh, my God. Okay, so Duggan comes out holding an American flag. They're in Canada. Jesse says it's dumb of him to have an American flag. Eh, not all the way wrong. Nonetheless, beloved. The hacksaw is him. beloved. Yeah. The he, match was four minutes long and boring. That is, is pretty my much... Notes, my notes read. Every Dino Bravo match I have <clears throat> that I recall seeing was essentially four minutes long and boring. Yeah. He's awful. He's not great, and Jim Duggan is not exactly a uh, weight-bearing, <laughs> load-bearing wrestler, you know what I mean? The fin- I can tell you the finish. Earthquake distracts Duggan and the ref. Jimmy Hart throws the 2 by 4 into the ring uh, to, for, for Dino to use, but Hacksaw grabs it and uses it while the ref is still dealing with Earthquake. After the match, the heels beat up Duggan, so Duggan wins, but the heels keep their heat. I gave it one star. Didn't, didn't need it. What good did it do? No, wasn't good. Earthquake, Earthquake already beat up Hercules. He's scary. That's fine. Dave gave it a star and a half. I don't know why, but I have whatever. no idea. Yeah, didn't need this at all. So then we get a video package to recap the Ted DiBiase Jake Roberts feud. Very basic feud, but the wrestlers are good. So the video package is like whatever. This is cool. And then my notes read: Oh shit! It's, it's the, the one. Muck, it's the muck of avarice promo. This promo is incredible. Watch it. I'm not going to do it. It's a really great promo. I, it, it will have bumped the show. I was sitting here on my couch, literally exactly where I'm sitting right now, pretty much. I'm sitting here in front of my computer, audibly popping so hard I hurt my voice because this promo was so fucking good. And I don't, I, ugh, I don't care. That makes me a mark or a whatever. It just, ugh, I wanted to give Jake Roberts my money. After I watched this promo, it was amazing. It's it's funny because you you got ahead of me on watching the show, and I yes. DM'd you, 
and was, you know, you mentioned that there was a, a promo so good it gave you goosebumps. And I was like, was it the Savage promo? Because the Savage promo was great. And you said, you'll know it when you see it. And when mm-hmm. I got there, ooh, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it when yeah. I fucking saw it. Yeah. So One of the I, all-time right. promos. I went, I basically went to write in my notes, Ted DiBiase, or uh, uh, Jake Roberts cuts a promo on Ted DiBiase. And then my brain went, wait. <laughs> wait a fucking minute this is this is oh oh shit <laughs> like that was the process for me i fucking adore this promo i adore this promo it's on if you look up uh i think if you type muck of avarice into, yes. uh, into youtube it pops up J- uh, uh, jake the snake roberts wrestlemania 6 amazing promo fucking watch it five like seven star promo amazing shit we got the match right they come out. Ted DiBiase still does not have his music. Um, they push, they shove, they lock up, they start punching each other, and I kind of stopped taking notes because I'm just fucking here to watch this match. Hell yeah. I took a note, and this is very, a, very important early on. I have a couple notes. I have Jake goes for an early DDT, and then Ted DiBiase bails, and I was like, holy shit, he is like a snake because a snake has to like pop in for the kill real fast. Because otherwise, the other thing is faster. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to eat, like, a half-killed mouse. Fuck, Jake. No, it's, it's that, good. I, oh, I love Jake Roberts and Ted DiBiase. I just love it. What's and, your early And Virgil. Go ahead. No, the most important thing to note here is that during this match and all throughout it, Jesse Ventura is accusing Gorilla Monsoon of eating hot dogs. <laughs> and he yes. continuously he claims that he is that, covered in mustard. That goes on throughout the show. Yep. Yeah, and he is, he's good. like, you just, I just saw you wolf one down in between that match. You he's like, you're eating another dogs. hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the through line that they came up with for the show. Like, um, I, I, I think, I honestly think Ventura is just fucking tired of Gorilla at this point. Well, I Be- think he's not around for much longer. Gorilla or, or Jesse? Uh, Jesse. Probably not. Because Jesse shows up in WCW by the end of the year. Shit. I think. So is it all Heenan all the time from here on out? Maybe. Like all, um, all no, because there's a lot of there's a lot of guests. Like Roddy Piper does a lot of commentary in like early like ninety ninety one. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Fans do the wave during this match, and Jake. Well, not really Jake. Jake is selling, but he's yes. part of it. But but Ted is able to turn the wave into booze. And the crowd winds up, like, because he gives Jake, like, a pile driver and then starts taunting. And the crowd, this is, like, so loud. This is some of the loudest reaction on the show after not getting much of one because mm. they're so fucking tired at this point and they just want the main event. But the crowd starts getting so into it. And like you said yeah. before, Jake Roberts' clotheslines are exquisite. Just gorgeous. Just gorgeous. So um, at one point early in the match, they're just working a hammerlock. Just a hammerlock for, I don't know, two minutes-ish, which sounds like kind of a long time, but I'm, like, enraptured by it. Yeah. It's just it's just good, you know? It's so fucking, yeah. They, they know um, what they're doing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So DiBiase hits a pile driver, right, and goes for, like, the cocky pin, but Jake turns it into a sunset flip. Uh, he's, like, down and selling still, Jake is, but DiBiase is, like, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And so he throws a tantrum and just starts kneeing the shit out of Jake. 
he's throwing a tantrum. It's fucking great. Yeah. Um, let's see. DB. Oh, okay. This was my Virgil fucking rules. Virgil fucking rules moment for the night. So DiBiase gets the million dollar dream, right? On Jake, which is his like Cobra clutch sleeper hold. That's right. Uh, Jake falls. Ref goes because Jake's shoulders are down. The ref goes to count the pin. But because of how he fell, Jake's foot is on the rope. And the ref calls it and breaks the hold. And even though the ref isn't counting, Virgil still makes sure to push Jake's foot off the rope. <laughs> that's fucking attention to detail. And I'm sorry, that's what you want in a sidekick. Yeah. You know, if I want a Virgil, I'm going to want him to do that, even if the ref's not counting. You can never be too sure. So smart move, Virgil. Excellent Virgil might, might not be able to talk or wrestle, but he's actually really Virgil. good at, like, everything else. Vir- Virgil promos are something else. <laughs> he's no Thunderbolt Patterson. Have you ever he's seen great. old Thunderbolt Patterson promos? I don't think so. He's from uh, the... Pre- he's not a WWF guy, but I'm yeah, going to send yeah. you some someday. And you're going to okay. say, what the fuck? You'll love him. Yeah. But please continue with uh, with this one. So, basically, Jake is fighting both heels outside. DiBiase puts the move on. Jake throws DiBiase into the post. They're both down. Virgil throws DiBiase back into the ring to beat the count. The ref finishes the count. The heels win. Great. Great shitty. Yeah. Just great heel finish, right? Yeah, this is like a really actually good count-out finish, like like something you'd see in Mid-South. Probably with Ted DiBiase, actually. I've seen this with Ted DiBiase, actually. Um, um, both guys, both guys come out looking evenly matched, which is not always what you want, right? But, um, both guys come out looking pretty good. It was entertaining to watch. Uh, neither guy was really hurt. And the heels come off like dickheads. And then, after the match, um, Jake comes back in, right, while the heels are celebrating or whatever. And, and, right, DiBiase is giving Virgil his payoff, right, for everything, for throwing him in the ring or whatever. And Jake comes in and beats them up, takes the money. Virgil runs off with the belt. Jake hits the DDT on Ted DiBiase. Fans are happy. A perfect little button on a segment. You know what I mean? Just great. Yeah. Just a great segment of pro wrestling. And then Jake hands out actual cash to fans at ringside, uh, including giving Mary Tyler Moore $100. Um, and commentary is like, she doesn't need it, which is true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. She doesn't need it, Jesse. (laughs) Um, and then Virgil comes back to save Ted DiBiase. I gave this three and three quarters of a star. Uh, Dave gave it two and a half. I think that's shocking. Yeah. Shockingly low. Two and a half. What did you give it? Three and three quarters. Hmm. I liked it. I liked it a lot too. I would, while I wouldn't go that high for me, I would say that that much higher than Dave. Certainly, it was yeah. definitely I don't more know. than a three. I think three is at least yeah. I yeah. think three is the floor. I think for this one. Um, so my notes read: Sean Mooney is backstage with Slick and Akeem, just in case you forgot that this show is racist. <laughs> so that one's going in. Yeah, I'll. Uh, should we count Slick and Akeem as one act? Might as well, right? He doesn't manage anyone else. Yeah, together they make it. They make a stronger case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Akeem, for those who don't know... Because why the fuck couldn't he just be the one-man gang, and then the gang is teaming up with the crooked cop? Why did you have to make him Akeem? His other gimmick... Yeah. It made more sense. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. God damn it. Akeem, Akeem is, is not an African-American man. He is a white man. 
He play. He is pushed <laughs> and presented as an African. His gear is sort of designed to resemble a dashiki. I think is what they're going for. Not that anyone involved in this would probably know what a dashiki is. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But this was really bad. Um, yeah. And Slick, right? Slick's manager or Slick's gimmick as the manager is just the pimp. And Akeem is built from deepest, darkest Africa, by the way, just in case you didn't know that. In case you wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, folks. So then we throw to Mean Gene with Burt Macklin, FBI. Um, <laughs> and so, for some reason, both of these guys... Right, Akeem says something about Ted DiBiase, about... Or Slick says... They both cut promos on Ted DiBiase for some reason. Yeah, apparently um, he did something with Bossman, posted him at some point or something. Yeah, and and you'll see why this matters later. But uh, Bossman says he may be rich scum, but he's scum nonetheless. Now, not to get political, but Bossman, you're kind of repeating yourself, aren't you? A little bit redundant. Bossman and his uh, Confederate flag. Boot-licking motherfucker. Boot-licking motherfucker. Ray Trailer. Ray Trailer. I might be poor, but at least I've got... What did he say? God, the red, white, and blue. Oh, You're, my God. Okay. So another says, American, yeah. So he says... Bossman says he's proud to walk to the ring without a skinny, pimp-like manager at my side. That's one where they'll just come out and say it. Uh, he also refers to Akeem as a tribal reject from Africa. He talks about, I'm proud of this, you know, uh, law and order and justice. I'm proud of this. I'm proud of that. But most of all, I'm proud to be an American. And off he goes. (laughs) What the fuck? It was something. Uh, I don't, I don't really know what to say. This was not a good promo. Uh, This was not a, this was the death match. This should have been the one that preceded the main event. I I get it. I get putting it here. And it was the okay, so there they were a tag team called the Twin Towers. And if you don't know this, when a tag team breaks up, you call it the team exploding because of the mega powers, right? So oh knobs versus sags, the nasty boys explode. <laughs> oh like God. right. So so here we have the Twin Towers exploding. I'm just saying it. That's just what happens here. Okay, and I'm sorry. But it's a fact. I'm a broadcast journalist. <laughs> and I need to report the facts. Okay. So uh, so my cut of this that I watched had, um, for whatever reason, they didn't have the hard time music, and it, they played his like attitude era corporate enforcer oh. music. Yeah, I don't know why, but I never really liked that music. But Bossman coming down in the ring cart, staring fucking daggers at Akeem, kind of worked. It was cool yeah, set was to cool. that music because it's like shitty butt rock, but it's like oh scary evil. I don't know. It worked. Evil cop. It worked. I I had Cobb County, Georgia on my copy. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you um, ever go down to Cobb County, Georgia. You better read the signs, respect the law and order. Don't act like I don't know all the words to that song. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great up. song. It's a great song. Yeah, come on, learn your shit. I'm going to embarrass you at wrestling karaoke. Yeah, no, I no doubt you would. I can really only do like the American males part of American males. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the Ted DiBiase thing pays off a little bit, right? Because Ted DiBiase is still like he's like hiding under the ring or something. Yeah, so he comes out. So he comes out. He beats up the boss man. So right, Akeem gets the heat, but then Bossman makes the comeback and he hits kind of a rock bottomish side slam thingy for the pin. He does the boss man slam, but Akeem is far too large, so he can't spin around. Right. 
Right, right. Um, I gave this three stars because it was short and it did what it had to do. <laughs> Big, no, listen, Bossman turned face. He won the, he wins the breakup, right? Like, yes, yeah. he's the baby face. He overcame the DiBiase thing. So now, oh, cool. We're probably going to get Bossman versus DiBiase. Yeah, that's fine. I'll watch that. I won't so, watch it happily, but I'll watch it. No, nah, Bossman DiBiase. I'm just not a Bossman guy. Oh, I love DiBiase. Oh, okay. That's fair. Uh, I gave it three stars. Dave gave it minus one half star. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Dave does not so, have time for this buffoonery. I sort of get it. So let's talk about these fans that Sean Mooney is talking to. Oh, boy. So Sean asks a kid, are you excited to see Rhythm and Blues? And the kid cuts a promo. Can you rip this promo? Um. Yeah, no, I can. Because it's incredible. Um. Let me make a note of where we are in this and, recording. Yeah, he says something like, um, no, I don't like them because, I don't know, he just cuts like a the promo an eight-year-old would cut. I don't like them because they're stupid and ugly and I hate them. Why don't we find out if they're ready? Are you guys ready to hear the Hunky Talk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine perform the new hit single? No, dude, they can't sing or dance or do anything. Do you know uh, the name of the song? I don't care what it is, but they can't do anything. Okay, that's uh, one man's opinion. And then Sean Mooney asks, uh, do you know the name of their new song? And he says, I don't know and I don't care. And I'm like, hell yeah, kid. <laughs> this, kid this kid fucking asserted himself. Hell yes. <laughs> this kid rules. And then he goes and he asks uh, uh, this little girl who's sitting a couple rows in front, and she just knows the answers to the questions. She does. <laughs> girls are smarter than boys. She um, might have been, been a plant. Maybe. Maybe. She, might, she might have been planted. She was she was Honky's daughter. <laughs> I hope he doesn't have kids. Ugh. Okay, so creep. So, oh, sorry. Never so, mind. so oh my good God! Speaking of talking to people in the crowd, here we go. The high point of the show. So Sean Mooney goes over to Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. I don't know. I she was a sitcom star. She had a show called the Mary Tyler Moore Show. It was really popular. It was on for a long time. That was a long time before WrestleMania six. She died fairly recently, I think. 17, um, I believe. 2017? I yeah. believe so. Uh, so, Sean Mooney goes over to Mary Tyler Moore and lies to her face saying that there will be 100,000 people at WrestleMania next year. <laughs> um, and Mary, to her credit, Mary lies right back by saying, and I'll be one of them. So, good on you, Mary. Um, Sean starts asking questions about the Honky Tonk Man and Greg Valentine, and long story short, Mary Tyler Moore has no idea what any of the fuck this is. It was fantastic. She was way the fuck over her head. She was directly over her head. She did not out of her, give a shit. Out of her element, maybe. Yeah, she gives fuck zero about wrestling. Yeah. Should I rip this one, too? Uh, it's terrific. <laughs> Maybe I will. Oh, it was great, though. God. Right. Yeah, the, the fucking just shitty little kid, just like, whatever. And then Mary <laughs> Tyler Moore, like, sh halfway through, she does, she no longer has any intention of yeah, doing she, this interview. She's like, um, um. She just goes, sure. Like, oh, and, 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 uh, you're, you're a big fan of rhythm and blues, right? You've got all their records, right? Yeah, sure. And Sean Mooney's like, uh, well, what do you think of, of um, uh, you know, the Honky Tonk Man's new tag team partner, Greg the Hammer Valentine? What about him? <laughs> <laughs> who, who does he remind you of? 
Uh, <laughs> like who does who does um Honky Tonk Man remind you of? Elvis. How about his uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine? Also Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> it was I five stars. I. I couldn't God. get enough of this. She I had, could not get enough of she this. She did not have time for Sean fucking Mooney. <laughs> oh my God, you make time for Sean Mooney. Who do you think you are, Mary Tyler Moore? <laughs> and Sean Mooney ends it with, like, the name of her character from she'll, something. Yeah, she may, be, she may be Mary Tyler Moore, but she'll always be Mary whatever her name was on the... Because, uh, like, right, her character was named Mary whatever, something else. Yeah, but I call her Kevin Steen. But I call her Kevin Steen, right? She'll always be Kevin Steen to me. Back to you, whoever he's throwing to. I didn't want to miss my chance to say hello to Mary Tyler Moore. Mary, how are you? I am fine. Thanks. Having a good time at WrestleMania 6? Wonderful time. It's terrific. It's the best of uh, athletics and theater. I've never seen anything so exciting. Well, you heard the announcement. WrestleMania 7 is going to be taking place in Los Angeles at the Coliseum. Over 100,000 people will be there. I'm sure we can count you among them. We'll be one of them for sure. <laughs> okay, coming up, we're going to hear Rhythm and Blues. I'm sure you have all the Honky Tonk Man's albums. Yes. Okay, and what about his new uh, performance partner, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine? How about him? Now, would you say, now let's uh, think about this. Now, who would you say that the Honky Tonk Man reminds you of? Elvis? Sure. Okay, how about Greg the Hammer Valentine? Elvis. You know, I was thinking of maybe a cross between Roy Orbison and Johnny Cash. Thank you very much, Mary. She may be Mary Tyler Moore, but she'll always be Mary Richards to me. I mean, I'm just going to drop this one right here. This is my favorite segment on the show. This is this is this is incredible. So I'm the so honky curious. tonk man. Oh, the oh, honky tonk shit. man. Greg the Hammer Valentine and Jimmy Hart. Who's so they're in? Okay. Oh my God. The the like visual grandeur of this. So they come down in a pink Cadillac, driven trivia note right by Diamond Dallas Page. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in this like pristine pink Cadillac, right? And the girls are, like, in the front seat, popping around with the cute little 50s ponytail. And I'll just say the makeup department has come a long way. It was it was too much. It was too much on these honkettes. Um, and, uh, but they look fucking incredible, right? Jimmy, Jimmy Hart is, like, sitting on the back of the Cadillac like he's fucking John Kennedy holding, <laughs> holding up the gold record. And, and it just looks amazing. Um, and then the music starts and it's, it's a train wreck. It becomes a nightmare. (laughs) It's, it's an absolute train wreck. Now I I have seen this many times before. I kind of knew, you know, I remember the song and I remember it being kind of a mess, right? I, I am in love. I just, this was fan fucking tastic. So. There's a, there's, right, there's the backing track, right, the instrumental and the beat, and um, Honky Tonk Man sings a verse. For a split second, his mic isn't working. Then he gets an absolute screecher of a feedback from yeah. the mic, from the, from the, from the speaker. Uh, his rhythm, his rhythm is absolute trash. These poor girls in the back singing, they're fucking, they're fucking fantastic. <laughs> they and Jimmy Hart are because Jimmy Hart, if you don't know, actually has like a background in music and wrote a lot of oh, um, right. entrance themes. He probably wrote this song. Uh, he was in like an actual band for a while um, in like the 60s. I can't remember what they were called, but if your parents are boomers, they probably know it. Um, 
So, so Valentine, or excuse me, Honky Tonk Man sings his verse. It's kind of a mess. He kind of sort of saves it a little bit. And they go to the chorus, which is, we need a hon-. The girls sing the chorus, basically. And then Honky Tonk Man puts a little stinger, right? You got to, got to, got to have some honky Like Spongebob. It's great. And then, um, so there's an electric guitar solo, which Greg Valentine proceeds to play on his acoustic guitar. I was going to make sure that that was mentioned. Yes. Yes. That is ridiculous. Um, it was absurd. Uh, so, this segment has already been a disaster. <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> then Greg Valentine takes the mic. Oh, God! <laughs> Of like, oh shit, this is bad. A s- Greg Valentine's verse on this song is such a disaster. It's double the disaster, right? Does he not know how to talk into a mic? <laughs> it was it was so horrible. Oh my god! I, it's I, like I, it's like he does like he freezes up or something. Like I can't even hear him. Oh, he uh, right. I don't know if that was the the audio. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The guide track or whatever. Uh, uh, or the feed from the mic to the speaker or whatever, but it was, it was a disaster. It was horrendous. Like as, as, Shockmaster, Shockmaster yeah. ain't shit. <laughs> Rockstar Greg Valentine, I buy it. You're 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 sort of like drunk uncle. How does this work? At karaoke to it, which is kind of like Greg Valentine has a cameo by the way. Cramon and I, I, I showed that to Cramon the other day. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about this. We got to get that motherfucker to do record. He wants $100 for it. I don't got $100 to get a cameo from should Greg we Valentine. Do a, should we do like a GoFundMe or uh, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know, Pissant Nation, respond. Should, what should, and, and if we were able to raise $100 to get Greg Valentine to say something, what should it be? Yes, that is also important. Um, no, I loved this segment. Um so, yeah, so the song sucks. It's a disaster. It's a mess. I mean, the song itself is actually kind of funny and catchy, but, like, the performance from a production standpoint, imagining Vince, like, during this yeah, is is, is kind of fascinating to me. Because um, Vince doesn't like it when things don't go right. Uh, so, the the cap on this segment is Honky Tonk Man goes, hey, what are, what are you two vendors at ringside? What are you doing? Selling stuff? This is the Honky Tonk Man show. We're just selling Honky Tonk Man records. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's the Bushwhackers. I, I, frankly, I'm a better actor than the Honky Tonk Man. I'm sorry. I am. <laughs> like, I'm, I just am. Um, so I did a better job of it than he did, but they chased the bad guys, right? The Bushwhackers chased the bad guys. They smashed the guitars. Four stars. Best thing on the show. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic shit. The Bushwhackers, like, smell the guitars. Like, they don't know what they are. That's kind of their right. thing, huh? They're like their gimmick is uh, Their gimmick is sort of white savages, I mm. guess. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, you know what? I uh, Forgive me, Dark Horse, for racism. Bushwhackers. Yeah. Because it's also the fact that they're baby faces. If they were heels, then I'd kind of be like, this is cool. <laughs> Because they were. The sheep herders were, like, fucking psycho, like, right? So, yeah, they were, they know. used to be the sheep herders, and they had a really good match. They had one really good match. Yeah, so then our next match. Uh, I just love this segment. Find it if you can. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Absolute fucking mess. Ravishing Recruit versus Piece of Shit. 
dead murderer, Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Talk about a fucking train wreck. So these two ridiculous physiques are the semi-main on a show headlined by Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Mm -hmm. So these four physiques, right? These are the final four physiques you're going to see, I guess, on this show. Um, This match was a whole lot of nothing. Rick hits the Rude Awakening. Steve Allen is on commentary. My notes read, Woomp, there it is. Uh, Yeah, Snuka uh, kicks out right after three and stands up, which is what old wrestlers do when they have to do a job. Uh, this match is nothing. Jimmy Snuka is maybe the most roided guy on a show that involves the following two guys in the, yeah. in the main event here. Yeah, he's a mess. It's not good. I don't like it. And Steve Allen is, he doesn't know where the fuck he's at. Like, he doesn't, I mean, he hangs okay, but, like, you can tell he's not, like, it's not like Seth Green where it's like, that motherfucker loves pro wrestling. <laughs> You know what I mean? Steve Allen does not understand that the person he's supposed to be making fun of is Rick Rude, uh, because he seems to think that uh, uh, Snuka is the heel. Snuka is not. He's the face. So he's just making fun of Snuka the whole time. He's like, that's the ugliest guy I've ever seen. Hey, I like this guy, because he wears my wife's underwear. Yeah, yeah. Although, it should be noted that at this point, Jimmy Snuka had killed a person. So yeah. He is the heel. Steve Allen is in the right on this one. Steve Allen knew. He was trying to to tell us. He was kind of right for the wrong reason, I guess, would be be how I would put it. Well said. Yeah. Uh, Then we get a video package for the main event. Now, I've watched this video package before, and I know pretty much exactly what happens in this match. Damn. Right? And I I know, I mean, more or less, right? Yeah. Uh, Because I've seen it before. Several, many times. Uh, And I know that both of these guys are absolute human trash. But this show was so effective at just... And I suppose the previous shows we've been watching, too, right? Have Mm -hmm. been so effective at just getting me, like, psyched for this fucking irresistible force, immovable object match that I'm just, like, buzzing. So, um... Uh, my notes read, watching these two pieces of shit come to the ring has me feeling like a seven-year-old kid. I <laughs> fucking love pro wrestling. I love WrestleMania. I know problematic this, hate crime that, but fuck, pro wrestling is so cool. And that's kind of that's kind of the nutshell of how I felt watching this show. Yeah. Um, um, it's, a, it's a hell of a match. Yeah. And there's also something to be said, I think, for the, like, quarantine-influenced 65,000 people, like, all in one place, breathing the same air and feeling the same joy. Yeah. Uh, which, which, I, you know, I get that, like, oh, well, we put smiles on faces is something, like, they like to say when it's, like, you're bad at it yeah. now, but this is, like, damn, they did a really good job. It made me smile, you know? Yeah. This is a fun show. But, like I say, problematic this. Hate crime that. Um, but it's a main event match. It's yeah. what a main event match is and should be. Yeah, I agree. That this was a big fucking match feel. Yeah. They delivered. Uh, I don't know, if, you know, if we want to go into it too much, but to me, it's just it's a spectacle. It's really great. It's the best match that. Uh, no, Warrior and and Savage might be better. I'm not sure. If it's not the best match of his career, it's one of the three best matches of Warrior's career, and by default, the three only good matches of Warrior's career, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, it's it's really smartly worked. A little bit of goofiness here and there, but, I mean, 
Well, so one of the early spots, so they, they both kind of like uh, uh, sort of peacock for each other, right? They both flex on each other, literally and figuratively. Look at what I can do. Look at what I can do, right? So then, then comes the most epic test of strength of all time. Uh, at one point, Hogan has Warrior down on his knees and is shouting, ask him like he's Chris fucking Jericho. I loved it. I loved it. Very un-Hogan, I thought. But, yeah. But I liked it. Uh, then, the way the test of strength resolves itself, Hogan shoots a single leg to get out of the test of strength. Hulk gets uh, thrown out of the ring and sells his leg. And the announcer's like... What I really liked about this is, you know, how people talk about Owen voice when you're, like, trying to sell an angle. They sell this really, oh, Hogan's hurt. They, they do it where you kind of are like, oh, this is serious, but not so, like, it sounds like you're crying or you're, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Tasteful. It's tasteful, I guess, would be the way to put it. Um, But I also, I'm like, dude... Why are you selling an injury this early? Like, come on, man. And, like, the announcers have to cover for it. Oh, well, maybe he just popped his patella. He dislocated his kneecap and just popped it back into place. Like, oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, my legs hurt, brother. My knee's gone. Um, Hogan puts Warrior in a front face lock, and they're talking about, oh, this is a very punishing hold. And Jesse says, yeah, just ask Richard Belzer. Jesse. <laughs> I don't I'm not I don't get that reference. Oh, uh uh Hogan and Richard Belzer were I forget <gasps> if they were on oh. a show together or something. Put Basically, him in a front face lock and choked him out. Yeah. yeah well, a headlock of some sort anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um they do a double down. They do a double clothesline and mm-hmm. uh Warrior does the fucking Undertaker sit up. Hmm. Yeah, they do yeah. an endless endless and awful bear hug spot but then when hogan's arm drops twice and then stays up on the third one it's i don't have the words (laughs) it's it's fucking amazing in the palm in the palm of your hand right is 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 that would be the turn of phrase that I would use. He had them eating out of the very palm of his hand, yep. as that hand would not go down for the three. <laughs> uh, my notes read, protect Hogan, phase one, give him a visual pin. The ref is knocked out. Hogan counts his own three. Uh, once again, Nick Patrick, take notes. Um And then what I have is confused Cramine, phase one. Uh, Warrior also gets a visual pin. <laughs> um, whatever. And then we go into the finish. Here's what happens. Hogan starts to Hulk up, right? Mm-hmm. Warrior is beating him up, and he's doing the Hulk up. He hits the big boot. He goes for the leg drop. Warrior moves out of the way, hits the big splash, gets the three. Hogan kicks out at about 3.1. Mm-hmm. Um, and many people, including Shave Seltzer, uh, would argue that that kind of tainted Warrior's win and didn't... Uh, 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 oh, I don't know how to put it. You know, it made him look like a weaker champion. Yeah. Um, there's something to that. My seven-year-old ass isn't noticing that. No. For sure. Um, uh, uh, I gave it four stars. Would have been five if Hulk didn't kick out. I, I, it did hurt the match, certainly. Uh, and it's, it's fucking trashy, Hogan. Just lose, you know. Um, fuck you, Hulk Hogan, but also fuck the Warrior. 
Um, so after the match, they do the bit, right? Hogan goes and grabs his belt. And he's like, he's he's milking this. Oh, my God, is he milking this? Shot, putting his hand on the forehead, right? And looking at the belt one last time. And then he gives it to the warrior. And they hug. And the pyro goes off. And the fucking last thing you hear the announcers say before the show goes off the air is Gorilla Monsoon saying Hulk Hogan has just taken one more step toward immortality on a show built entirely around putting over the Ultimate Warrior. Mm -hmm. Fucking shit. Yeah. Fucking shit. Wow, everybody. That's WrestleMania 6. A thumbs up show. I enjoyed the hell out of this. It was mostly very bad and very stupid, but I enjoyed it. You want to hear? This is this is interesting to me. Do you want to hear Dave's little take on the uh, post match? Sure. From the observer that reviewed this, and maybe he thought differently about it later on. But after he gives it, it's three and three quarter stars, which I think is fair. Um, I wonder if this was like proto uh, four and three quarter stars for Shawn Michaels Undertaker. Mm. I wonder if this really incensed people back then that he would dare not oh, give that it he a full four. That he didn't give it the four. Yeah. Yeah. Because but there have been no five star matches in WWF at this point, right? To my knowledge, not a one. Because the first one is Shawn versus Razor, isn't it? Ladder ladder match. The ladder match. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. But he wrote, to me, the best part of the entire show was the post-match where Hogan went to the ringside table and took the title belt and handed it to Warrior, and the two embraced, and Hogan left the ring, leaving Warrior in center stage as he went out on the cart. Perfect closing picture on television of Warrior in the ring with the fireworks going off and Hogan slowly and sadly fading into the sunset. Next week, we'll worry about the ramifications of having Warrior as champion. This week is just to enjoy how it was done. And Mm. I swear to God, I have heard Meltzer talk about how, you know, Hogan really stole his thunder, but maybe not. Well, hindsight, hindsight is 2020, too, you know, how he felt about the way they did it in that moment, you know, Um, the kicking out at 3.1 is like inexcusable. I mean, it, it happens multiple times on this show alone in underneath matches. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like old old time wrestlers are just... I just didn't want to lose. No, they, they protect their shit. Akeem did. Yeah. Akeem stayed down. He knew he wasn't going anywhere. There were a lot of... Um, a, a, a lot of, like, right, guys protecting themselves on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um... All right, so uh, let's take a look at our awards. Yeah. So uh, let's start with, like, the saddest, most infuriating one first. So let's go with most racist. Uh, Who are our nominees? (laughs) So we have Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, uh, for all of it. Uh, Jesse Ventura for his commentary uh, on the Tito Santana match. Uh, the Orient Express and Mr. Fuji for the salt throwing and just being named the Orient Express and just the general Fuji of it all. Uh, Slick and Akeem for whatever the fuck that was. And the Bushwhackers for the White Savage uh, gimmick. Um, yeah. It's Piper. It's Piper. It's not even... It's, what's, what's number two, though? Like, Piper, obviously. Uh, that's a tough call. Like, Akeem is one of the worst gimmicks of all time. The Jesse Ventura stuff, like, okay, you call him Chico Santana, like, 
that's one thing, but like too much, too, too much. Um, I don't know. I would say these are all pretty level with each other. The Piper shit is just willful and fucking it's a it's beyond the pale. Yeah. So to speak. Um, yeah, most Virgil. Most Virgil player, man. My two I have listed are Mary Tyler Moore and Marty Jannetty. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Uh, I mean, Akeem Virgil, got destroyed and Akeem did got get, punched. Akeem got wrecked pretty bad. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, Virgil, right? I mean, he was a good Virgil on this show. He 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 saved the money. He say he saved the million dollar belt. He saved um, uh, uh, Ted from the snake. Like Virgil was the man on this show. This yeah, he, Virgil, he was, Virgil was, the... was Virgil was pretty on fire on this show. I think I think I got to give it to Marty. Yeah, I think because here's the thing. I think Mary Tyler Moore was like in control of her segment when she was like, "I'm not doing it anymore." She was like, "No." Yeah. Janetti got un-virgil. salt thrown in his eyes and yes. fell into the crowd. Mary Tyler Moore asserted herself very well, which is a very unVirgil quality. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. So it's okay. gotta be Janetti. Cool. So Marty Janetti, and that bump was great. It was great, but also, it was like, ah, you fucking wiener, you loser, yeah. you yeah, fucking yeah. fell. Yeah. Um. We have the they said what for uh, the colostomy connection. <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan presaging his promo that he would cut on his son in jail yeah. by talking about vibes and energy and living forever. And then uh, Steve Allen saying, I haven't been this excited since I found out Pee Wee Herman was straight. Um, now. It's, it's Steve Allen. It's Steve Allen. <laughs> it's Steve, it's Steve Allen. Allen. Because, like, okay, colostomy connection, like, th- that I can explain away, right, with, like, Oh, okay, haha, it's a poopy joke, and Vince loves the poopy jokes, and the tag team is breaking up, so just use it while you can. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hogan thing, man, people just kind of rhyme, right? You do something, and then you say it to your son in prison 20 years later. You know, shit happens, I guess. <laughs> uh, the Steve Allen thing is inexplicable. I have no fucking idea what in the world. <laughs> Absolutely inexplicable. Um... So yeah, it's it, congratulations, Steve Allen. Good job. You won you won a, a coveted wrestling award from the Wrestle Hut Piss Cast. Yep. And cutest wrestler, we have Earthquake and Sapphire. This um, one is is tough. This, I'm gonna I'm just gonna call it a tie. <laughs> who, who wins? The fans do. The fans, Earthquake and Sapphire, Canadian and sweet. Um. So that's WrestleMania six. What a show! It was I. Again. I, I I need a cigarette. <laughs> I mean, I don't even smoke, but goddamn. Yeah. Um, yet, yet again, it was more entertaining than it was good. Yeah. I would say a fun show. I don't I, I don't know if the bloom will ever come off the rose with these old shows because I, I hope they don't. But like right now, I every think, week I watch one and it's fun. I think the Warrior promo. Like you said, the Warrior promos are getting a little old. They are. But also, part of the key is the characters aren't overexposed because you don't see them on every show. We have been watching all these 1990 shows. How much Roddy fucking Piper have we seen? You know? That was the How first much, time. 
yeah, I don't know. We've seen a little bit of Jake and Ted DiBiase, I guess. But, like, uh, you know, whereas now it's like, oh, Seth Rollins gets two promos every episode of Raw. And yeah. fucking every episode of Raw is as long as this WrestleMania was. Like, Yeah, you've got that right. So they're not as overexposed. You know? I do. And, and we have to figure out, because this was April 1st. Yes. We have to figure out what we're going to watch. Uh, you know, next for for next show for yeah. next week well, because we're at our, our next little thing. When's the next Saturday night's main event? Good question. So I, I pulled up everything in April. I'm gonna sort by WWE, I suppose. No, okay. April 1990. Oh my God, I have to sort by fucking television apparently. TV and paper. Oh, because they're getting like house shows and shit. They run so fucking many. All right, yeah. so the ultimate challenge is on 4-1. You have WWF Wrestling Challenge. You have WWF Superstars. Then you have something called WWF AJPW NJPW Wrestling Summit. Oh, I think I've seen some of that. Uh, 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 fuck. New, New Japan, All Japan, and WWF putting on a show. Yeah, can you pull up? Do you have the card for that? I do. I'm trying to remember where I watched it, if it was YouTube ah, or... This is where uh, Hogan wrestles Stan Hansen. Yeah, what else is on this show? Bret Hart's on, versus Haku or something? Let's see here. You've got uh, the Can-Am Connection and Joe Malenko versus some dorks in Kawada. Isn't uh, the Can-Am Connection Rick Martel and... No. No, it's uh, Furnace and Lafon, uh, Doug Uh-oh. Furnace and Phil Lafon. Oh, uh, okay, okay. At a, one of my favorite matches of all time against um, Kobashi and Kikuchi. Yeah. Um, Jushin I, sorry. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just wondering who else. Yeah, you got Tito Santana and Jimmy Snuka against Kenta Kobashi and Masanobu Fuchi. Okay. Tiger Mask versus Bret Hart. Which Tiger Mask? No, it's not Sayama. Right. Is that Misawa? No. Not at this point, and it's not... Let's see here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, it is. It is Misawa. It's That's Misawa? Yeah, that, I think I watched that match. Yeah, huh. Brett wrestled Misawa. You've got uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, my God, yes. Against okay. the Great Kabuki. <laughs> That's um, Muda's uh, kayfabe dad at certain okay. periods in time. Uh Let's see. Who else here? Jake Roberts versus Bossman for some reason. That's weird. Wait, um, what day, what's the date of this show? This is April 13th, 1990. Oh, wow. Um, the only other April stuff is uh, WWF Primetime Wrestling, WWF on MSG Network, which can usually be notable. I can also sort by May. Let me see if there's any other interesting matches on here rather than reading the whole card real quick. Um Andre and Baba versus Demolition. Oh, my God. Holy shit. I guess we have to watch this. Oh, Warrior versus Ted DiBiase. Randy Savage versus Tenru. Jumbo Saruta and Haku versus Mr. Perfect and Rick Martel. Well, tell you what. Tell you what. Wait, who is it? Uh, It's it's Jumbo. Jumbo Saruta. Yep, yep. Teaming up with Haku. Against Perfect and Martell. That sounds amazing. It's a hell of a tag team, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, this one sounds like a good show. <laughs> yeah, we may have to find this one. 
Um, Do you also want to watch any of WWF on MSG? No, but I'm curious about what some of those matches were. Let me hit you with a couple of them then, cowboy. Do it! This appears to be perhaps the first meeting between Earthquake and Hogan. I'm not sure. In the main event. Okay. Barbarian and Snuka. Eh. Bossman versus Ted DiBiase. Dino Bravo versus the fucking Red Rooster. Oh my god. Side note. Side note. Red Rooster. Uh, Terry Taylor. Yes. Uh, I forget sometimes, but I saw some, some stuff going around about him. Uh, lawsuits and stuff from WW, WCW days. Okay. Um, Apparently, he was one of the more racist figures in wrestling. Around oh, this yeah, 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 yep. Oh, my God, Bushwhackers versus Rhythm and Blues. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, Jake that's Roberts that's, versus that's Bad the News. Thing. you gotta, you got to think about that. That's the match that they only teased at WrestleMania. Yeah. So that match is bigger than WrestleMania. It's too big for WrestleMania. Oh God! And then, and then, obviously, like all the WWF superstars shit and wrestling channel. Which is the big one? Primetime wrestling. What is the big one? There's I feel a primetime like prime wrestling too. I feel like primetime was the like equivalent, right, of like the biggest ones where you would do angles, but maybe mm. not. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, WWF primetime wrestling. They filmed this one in London. Uh, the main event appears to be Warlord versus Tito Santana. So I'm gonna guess this is not a big match. <laughs> All right, so tell you what, when's the next Saturday night's main event? Ah, okay, give me a second here. Because um, I would like to find this this All Japan, New Japan, WWF match, or show. Because mm-hmm. I've definitely watched that Bret Hart Tiger Mask match. Yeah? I think so. I think I just looked up, like, Bret Hart versus, and I found that. And I had to do a little bit of, of research and be like, was that Masawa? And it was. Yep. All right, Saturday Night's Main Event, original run, blippity blop. We watched like 25 or some horse shit. Something from, like that. From sac- or, or February. From, uh, February 1990. Yeah. Yeah. So we watched, yeah, January, and it, but it aired near the end of January. The next one's in April, April 23rd. Okay. That's William Shakespeare's birthday. Wow. Yep. Saturday Night's uh, Main Event. Yeah, let's find what's on that card. April 23rd. Let me pull it up on Cage Match. Do it. Because I had to pull it up on Wiki. Wikipedia. 20, is this 26? Yes. Okay. Good God Almighty. Oh boy. April 23rd, 1990. Hulk Hogan okay. versus... Really? Hulk Hogan versus Mr. Perfect? That makes sense. Hulk Hogan versus Perfect with the Genius, I should note. Earthquake versus Hillbilly Jim. Oh dear. Oh my God! The Heart Foundation versus the Rockers. I think that's the one where the Rockers. No, because it wouldn't have been for the titles. Never mind. Because mm. there was a time when the Rockers beat the Heart Foundation for the titles, but the ropes broke and they didn't do that. They didn't end right. up winning the match and yada yada. I don't know, but it's not that one. No. Uh, that's that. Um, I'll fucking watch that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Warrior versus Haku. That sounds like it actually could be kind of cool. And but no, Haku. Haku's not. Haku's not going to get anything in that match. Fuck. No. God no. And and Akeem versus the Big Boss Man again. Yes. That's a fucking stacked show. Oh my god. That sounds so much better. <laughs> 
uh, airing from Austin, Texas, uh, aired on 428, was filmed on 423. So okay. So I'll send you the link to the card. Yeah, I mean, chat. that's that's definitely going to be funnier <laughs> than, the, than the Japan show. We could just watch certain matches from the Japan show. Yeah, let's each pick, like, whatever matches we want to watch. If we can find the Japan show. I'm sh- Well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Gotta fucking find it. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see you little marks. That's right. Mark we'll do anything for you freaks. Mark ass marks. You melt. Yeah, okay, no, I found it already. Oh, cool. Yeah, so let's go over it again real quick. The card. <laughs> okay. Just real quick. Okay, so I don't care about the good matches, frankly, but I want to watch Andre and Baba versus Demolition. Yes. Uh, no one cares. No one cares. Uh, Bret Hart versus Tiger Mask could be fun. Yes. But I really want to watch Greg Valentine versus the Great Kabuki. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> uh, what else? That's about it. Savage versus Tenru could be like good, but I'm really not interested in good right now. I just want to watch the most silly things I can watch. Like Hanson Hogan will be good. Yeah. You know, but we'll we'll talk about it in the lead up to the show next week. We'll figure it out. And yeah, we'll figure we'll, it out. We'll figure it out. This has been a marathon. This has been a marathon, not a sprint. I don't know what that means. But we've had fun. We've done a good job. We're the best I'm, podcast around. It's true. Give us trophies. Give us trophies. Update the thread and talk about how good we are. Yeah, for real. Is that thread still around? Yes. Well, it's On a SA? new one. It's a new one, but yes. Oh my god, really? Yeah. There are still wrestling podcasts. No, 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 no. The the thread that is specifically oh, just the, the Pisscast thread. The, the, like, thread just for Pisscast jokes? No, I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, no, I, I had stopped posting on SA years ago, and it came to my attention that that existed. I have to imagine it's been bumped now in, in supplication. Maybe. Ah, I don't know. But... That's been that's been it. That's a long, long show. This is yep. uh, this is fun. Rhythm, yeah, rhythm and, and blues focus show. A lot of Steve Allen, some Mary Tyler Moore, the things that we all love about wrestling. Yeah, I mean it was it was top to bottom. Just it was what you want from your wrestling show. Other than all the racism, I would say could have lived without yeah. that. Could have yeah, never, never been a big fan. Could have very much done without that. So uh, we want to thank, of course, everyone for listening to our fun, good, happy time, goofy time, Doki Doki Panic. Yes, you may Kojo, Doki Doki Panic. But we love you all so very much. It's true. And uh, Cramine, thanks for doing the show with me as always. Oh yeah, it's a good time. And until the next time, see everybody. Good night. Bye. While me and Gene continues to ponder with me, Axe and Smash of Demolition, gentlemen, perhaps you heard some of the commentary from the tag team champions. Yeah, we heard. Eliminate us, huh? Well, let me tell you why they call me the Axe. Because I can cut down the biggest redwood there is, even if he is seven feet four, 500 pounds, and I'll shear the limbs off that Polynesian oak. But just before I finish chopping them down, I'm going to stand back, look at him, and yell, Timber! That sounds pretty good, but let me tell you what I'd like to do to Andre the Giant Haku. I'd like to throw him in the back of a semi-tractor trailer 
Get behind that wheel, push that pedal to the middle, and drive them straight off a cliff, and watch them smash into smithereens! Gentlemen, this is beginning to sound like a demolition derby. Now you're catching on, because that's exactly what happens every time demolition's in its ring. And this match is no different. We're out to demolish and destroy. And after that match is all over, the only thing that's going to be salvageable from that scrap heap will be the medal we're going to use to forge our new tag team championship belts. Ha! Let's go back out to ringside. <laughs> 